0: Welcome back into another episode of The Owen Show. I am your host, Owen Burke, joined alongside by Timothy, not in our usual setting, um, some crazy weather in Kansas this week.
1: Yeah, like 80 mile an hour winds. Fires. Like all tornadoes. Of
0: town, tornadoes. Yeah, it's
1: a uh, been a day. There's at least a million dollars in the air right now. Uh, we're getting windstorms coming from Colorado, and it's like all Colorado dirt in the sky right now. hmm so if you think about it, there's at least like an acre of land from Colorado just, just in the blowing air. blowing
0: through Kansas.
1: And that's got to be worth like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. At least, right? 100%. Start collecting that and jarring it up.
0: Yeah. And I've, I, have, I have some buddies that live out in Fresno, so we've been talking about the weather and stuff because California's had their issues with fires. Mm-hmm. Right? So I mentioned that there's a fire south of town. And <laughs> I think it was Tyler was like, see, yeah, we're used to all this crazy weather shit, but this fire, apocalyptic fire stuff yeah. is out of left field for us. <laughs>
1: It's like Christmas, yeah, it's like right around the holidays, Christmas time, yeah. and it's like, oh, now the shit starts. I was like, I have,
0: yeah, this, it's definitely been one of the weirder days I've ever had in my yeah. life. By one day off this week, and all of a sudden, we're in my girlfriend's mom's basement to record the show, yeah. so,
1: here we are. Yeah, but hey, we get to talk about sports for two hours, so. I'm fucking excited.
0: So, recap from games last week, obviously, starting off, per usual.
1: Oh, we gotta, we gotta start out with this. Oh. We get no fan questions this week. True. We didn't ask for any, but don't be afraid to hit us up. Still, very true. We, we're still open to doing them. We just don't have any this week, and we didn't have the time to reach out to anybody for them. So, if you yeah. have any, don't be afraid to hit us up. Yeah, the work
0: schedule's getting crazy. So it's I, it's I took that a new job.
1: Either. Owen had a kid. You know, just yeah. normal life normal, stuff. Just the normal, the usual. I know? think I, I think in the last month, you and I have had. A, I got married got a new job you've had a child we've we've had a we've, we've had I've a moved. wild ride you moved. moved
0: yeah it's we've had enough life i got less. a promotion a couple promotions. promotions yeah you've
1: changed job titles a couple yeah. times. i got a
0: promotion and then a slide over <laughs> to a new spot i got promoted to starting left tackle and they shifted me to right, right
1: guard yeah, yeah. Yikes! That yeah. sounds like a downgrade. The way you said that, it's not really a shift. But, all right. Well, <laughs> let's not get into details. We we have been off on a wild ride. Well, this is what this show episode is going to be. If you were hoping for a focus on task episode, you you have come to the wrong episode. Yeah. Last week was the preview. All the rambles. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Get ready. Okay. Rams. Cardinals. Uh, fresh on everybody's mind. A Monday night game. You want to start? You want me to start? First of all, Bravo NFL. A good
0: primetime game yes. in one of the, if not the best division of football. I think it was a, a well-placed game on primetime, and I think two teams that
1: just went to war. I will say a lot of people are saying this is f- the first big game for Matthew Stafford that he's won. I kind of agree with that, um, and I think that's a good take. A couple of things, one, the rams are starting to click a little bit more. I know they've played well all year, but like this was the game where it was a tough opponent. You really had to come out and win this. You're on the road in Arizona. you want to show people you're a legit playoff team. This is a game you have to go out and win, and they yeah, did
0: this is a it's a it's not a must win, but it's a must win
1: it's yeah exactly it's it's not like you're they're gonna make the playoffs with a moral this or not. it's yeah, it's a moral must win. Hey, can we hang with the big dogs? Yes, we can. From a Kyler Murray standpoint, he had one of those games where he had flashes in the pan and he made a couple of throws that just make you go, wow. Wow. Yeah. I think Kyler Murray is the most unique athlete in the NFL right now. I don't think we've seen anyone. He doesn't really comp to anyone really well. I agree. Yeah. He's small, but can still really throw the ball well, but he can run around. But he's not Lamar fast, but he's quicker than lamar but not faster and just his style of play like i'm not a cardinals fan by any means i will always watch a cardinals game just to watch and see what kyler murray's gonna do yeah and
0: i mean they just have a lot of interesting pieces around him too now yeah they've officially shut dhop down for the rest of the year yeah but aj green's back from the dead yeah 102 yards receiving in this game
1: He's played really, really well. That yeah. that might have been one of the best off, off-season signings. Well, I remember we were talking other.
0: about Emmanuel Sanders earlier on in the year, and yeah. now it's looking like it might be A.J. Green at this AJ point. A.J.
1: Green, yeah, it's that's been a song. great signing.
0: Uh, speaking of res- receivers coming in and making an impact, Odell's back in the end zone. Yes. I think my favorite tweet from Monday night was that uh, Baker Mayfield needs to be arrested for robbing us of Odell's touchdown <laughs> celebrations. And honestly, after watching two of them, I was like, I kind of agree. He's got three touchdowns in three games with the Rams so far.
1: I feel like the one thing that I'll say is not only is OBJ a good fit scheme-wise for this team and need, you know, with Robert Woods going down. Yeah. I think the culture here is much better for OBJ. Yeah. And that's so weird to say because when OBJ was his best in New York, Eli was the guy— It was a calm, quiet, non-dramatic, you know, they weren't in the media talking all this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then as that fell Which is very
0: weird for a New York football team to be able to accomplish. The
1: Giants have always been that way. That's true. They're pretty much their entire franchise (laughs) history. Just like, talk about the Jets, man. Yeah, yeah, the Jets, on the (laughs) other hand, are the exact opposite. The exact opposite. But – and then at the end, it kind of got crazy. Mm -hmm. And when he came into Cleveland, it was, you know, we're signing all these flashy players. And then they were – coaches were in and out. So the the spotlight was always on him, like at the end of the Giants and then the entire time in Cleveland. Where in the Rams, the culture is very, very calm. It's very non-dramatic. Yeah.
0: And also, like, the Browns, I feel like, got Odell, and then they made a bunch of win-now moves, so everyone, the eyes were, you know... Yes, The eyes were from not... Like, the eyes were there, obviously, because the Browns are winning. The eyes are going to be there. You bring in Odell, and then they made the win-now move, so now the spotlight is huge. Right. Whereas the Rams they've made win now moves for the last two years. Now the spotlight's been there and kind of doled yeah. at this point to that, to at least to that aspect. So now they bring in Odell. They're not making all these extra moves. And it's, I feel like as the spotlight's dimmed on the wind now move part of the situation, at
1: least the, I guess the point I was trying to make there is when the ca- when the captain of the ship is known and there's no debate about it, it's really easy for Odell to succeed. So yeah. when Eli was the guy, It's super easy. And in in L.A., Sean McVay is the guy, right? Whether it's Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford, it's always been McVay leading the ship. So it's nice to not have, you know, a lot of spotlight on you and a lot of pressure on you. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm excited. I love OBJ. I hope he has all the success in the world here.
0: Yeah, I'm all for it. Um, It was a great game, a great way to end week 14, 14, Um, I believe. This was week 14, yeah. Okay. And just it sets us up. I mean... The NFC is going to be a wild ride down the stretch for a lot of reasons. I think the West is a reason,
1: I think the East is a reason too. So. Yeah. Next game we've got is 49ers and Bengals. Staying in the West. Staying in the West, man. I can't 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 quite get away from it.
0: There's good reason for it. There's a lot of good football played out there. Uh in the NFC West and this game was no different. Um just seemed like another game where the Bengals have got, like, coming off an ugly loss against the Chargers. Need a bounce-back game. Definitely not a pushover around San Fran, but yeah. definitely should be a game you win, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. So,
1: it It's so weird because the San Francisco 49ers feel like they should have been out at this point, mm-hmm. and they keep getting back up. They go for another round. They, they stay in there somehow. And on the flip side of that, Cincy feels like they could have been... The best team in the AFC potentially. Remember, yeah. no, there well, was
0: there was a point in time where we looked at them and we we're like, I don't
1: know, man. <laughs> they might, they could be Super Bowl favorites, yeah. right? And it's like, and then you go to a game like this and you're like, man, you should win this or you, you kind of want to win this. Yep. And you get the ball first in overtime, which is always a big advantage, and yep. you lose and you, you can't. It's do the biggest that.
0: advantage of football, yeah, is getting the ball first. No OT. It's one of those games where. I I don't I don't know. You got to get the run going a little bit better The Niners' run defense was stout and Jimmy G beat you. And that's not that is never a sentence you want to hear as a football team.
1: When Jimmy G throws 35 plus times and the Niners win, that's not normally a great sign for the other team. Yeah. When when Jimmy G you. throws, you know, when he's 23 for 30, when he's
0: 11 for 14, 11 for 15.
1: Right, even and they run the ball, you know, 30 40 times in a game. You're like, okay, that's how the 49ers win games. That was not the Jimmy G threw the ball 41 times in this game. Yeah. That is not a. That is the recipe to beat the 49ers. Yeah,
0: you leave the score out and just show me the stats. I'm like, there's no way in hell that the Niners won this game.
1: Yeah, and, and George are. Kittle is back. Like. This yeah. this was
0: he, – he is – I think the statement back game was last week because he's 120 yards and two touchdowns against Seattle's defense.
1: 150 yards, a touchdown against this, yeah.
0: He's, he's posted damn near 300 receiving yards and three touchdowns the last two weeks.
1: He's been hurt so much this year he kind of fell off that wagon. People of, forgot. Yeah, people forgot. And, and I was one of those people, and, and he's good. Maybe a breakout game for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he played really, really well He's too. finally
0: started to – to be where everyone thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. Because there was a lot of people, you know, especially fantasy-wise, taking him early in drafts or so like, this kid's mm-hmm. going to have a huge year. And wasn't there? Shanahan revealed that there might have been something wrong with the work ethic early on. And it seems like that ship yeah. has been righted. He is contributing on the field. And it is all the plus for the Niners going forward.
1: I honestly, and, and the, this is a weird thing to say, Debo Samuel might be the best weapon in the NFL just by the fact that, I mean,
0: it's, when wow. you're talking about like how your head coach slash OC utilizes you, yeah, I think you're you're hard pressed to find somebody else that's not.
1: Just like halfway through the year, Kyle Shanahan's like, oh yeah, by the way, you're now playing running back. You're RB one now. <laughs> yeah, guy. you're like, wait, <laughs> well, Himes
0: down, Jeff Wilson's out this week, and then we lose Elijah Mitchell that week. You're like, okay, well, I'll just okay. give it to Debo.
1: And Wilson's back now, and they're like, oh. Well, maybe we'll still give you some. Like, some maybe carries. we'll
0: still only give you five more carries than Debo Samuel.
1: Yeah, like he, he and he's been getting carries consistently. Like I, I like Debo Samuel a lot. He's uh, he's played well. Yeah, I mean the 49ers, Every time, every time you think they're done, they're not. And every time you want to fall in love with the Bengals, you can't. Like
0: every time I'm like, this is the game where the, Joe Burrow really like.
1: Yeah, the Bengals slams are, the door. They're the crazy girlfriend that you're like. Oh, huh, maybe she settled down. Yeah, and then maybe
0: she's changed.
1: And then you didn't, you left the toilet seat up, and she loses her mind on you, and you're like, yeah. okay, maybe she has. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, we're going back to the old ways. Got Stop I guess. packing my bags. Yeah. Uh, next game, I got Bills Bucks. Ooh. Let's. I mean, we gotta we gotta get this out of the way. Yeah,
0: we gotta unpack a lot here.
1: So, I don't disagree with the argument that that was a poorly refereed game, without question. That that game was not referee great. There was there was some missed calls there without question. The biggest thing that I will say that and I and I think this is a poor excuse in general, to be honest with you, is when you're up what were they up at half? When oh they were down I'm sorry, they were down at halftime. They were they only scored three points at halftime. The Bills. The Bills did, yeah. yeah. That was your missed opportunity right there. Oh, 100%. If they put up – if they, literally, I mean, they lost in overtime because they scored a touchdown. If you, if you score a touchdown in the first half of the game, you don't have to worry about overtime. You don't have to make that last final – you know, that last push. You had the entire first half of missed opportunities – to your own accord, now, you cannot
0: put yourself in a hole against Tom Brady, yes. and then complain about the refs after
1: the game. Yeah, you need to take every opportunity you get to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: And if there is any team and quarterback and coach that should know that, it is a team that has been ran out of their division every single year by Tom Brady. By Tom
1: Brady. So I'm not denying the fact that those calls were horrendous at the end of the game because they absolutely were. But you, as as fans, we have to take a moment and go, okay. Maybe if we scored more than three points in the first half, yeah. we would have had that game on. They would have had that game on lock. It would have been over. Yeah,
0: and sometimes like it. It's so many fans just they fall to that, mm-hmm. and I think any fan that I mean, if I was, if you were a Bills fan, you fell to this. I'm sure Ravens fans, Pats yeah. fans, and everybody's fell to this at some point or another. Saints fans fall to it all the time, especially come the postseason. Everybody remembers that that missed call. The worst, probably the worst missed DPI call in playoff history, yeah. in that Rams Saints game two years ago. But guess what? Drew Brees had the ball first in overtime, and he still lost. Yeah. right? exactly. No one talks about that. Yes, everyone always remembers the call. No one remembers that they won the coin toss.
1: Yeah. So
0: as much as that call may have cost you the game of regulation, you had opportunities.
1: Yeah, you have to look at the opportunities as a whole. The yeah. a couple of notes that I have here far as the bills go the biggest concern is there's a formula to beat you like running the football they cannot stop the run right now they can't stop
0: the run and they can't run it themselves yeah
1: and they can't i mean josh allen can run it guys well, guy guy played like a monster in that game yeah
0: he is guess what i as a ravens fan i'll tell you your quarterback can only get you so far
1: right yeah you he they, I, I don't know what they have to do to get that man some more help like I am very against drafting running backs in the first round. If I'm the Bills, I I think about it. Debate
0: them. Yeah, I debate. I, yeah, I've got to see who's there.
1: I got to see who's there. But if if one of these guys that's a decent, you know, Heisman candidate or uh, you know somebody who was in the top ten for the Heisman this year, I mean, I'm thinking heavily. I'm yeah. thinking long and hard. Or about if it.
0: you know, if I end up with pick twenty seven, maybe trade back ten spots, get an extra second, third rounder, then take the guy early and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You've whatever gotta, you got to do, you
1: got to find some help. Because this is the Josh Allen we thought we were going to get all year, and that's why people had him as an MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that man put the team on his back and went to town.
0: Yeah, it's just the issue is is he went to town for one half of football.
1: Yeah, Um, not the whole year. One half
0: of football isn't going to beat Tom Brady.
1: Nope, never. Um, You got anything else you want to talk about with that game?
0: No, I think, I mean,
1: it's just
0: the bills, man. Doesn't get any easier. Yeah. We got the Patriots next week. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) – Sitting at a, a glorious seven and six, Who they, don't have, they thought... don't have the Patriots
1: next week. Is it not the Patriots? Next no, week? Patriots play the Colts next week.
0: Is they they must have a bye then, right? Because I thought it was, I thought when we looked at their schedule last week or two weeks ago, it was Patriots, Bucks, Patriots. So maybe there's a bye week in there. They play the Panthers is... next
1: week. Ooh yeah, I
0: mean, still tough run defense. Here we go. Can you beat a team with your arm?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. It's gonna be interesting to say the least.
0: Who would have thought that thirteen games, 13, 13 weeks in, fourteen weeks in, that the Niners and the Bills would be in the same seat. And the Bengals. They would all be seven and six.
1: Yeah. That's wild. Crazy. Next game we got is Ravens, Browns. Uh Yikes. That's a it's a tough one for you, my you friend. You know,
0: um again, I just wish it wasn't a division game. I just I hate losing to teams in our division because God, I've, uh, you let me know. And I feel like it's got to be this way for you as well, if, even more so probably for Patriots fans. But, like, God, the second one team in your division beats you, they think they just run the effing show. I can't tell you how many messages or, like, posts I saw of, like, Cleveland Browns fan. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan and you celebrated after that win, I feel sorry. There is nothing to celebrate,
1: man. Here, Here's the thing. And I think in the world that we live in, right, like, you know, we are involved Are we are our social media is built around sports. Right. So yeah, ours is for sure. TikTok, Twitter, all of that. We see a lot of sports, sports come in and out of that. Right? Mm hmm. When you get too deep in that, people like I know we talk about Wee Hoopin' all the time. I fucking hate him. He's so unavoidable to just not talk about. I want to
0: block him, but it's it's like a car crash. You have to watch. He's so entertaining. You want
1: to look away, but you can't. (laughs) I I I I think he's wildly entertaining. I I, I, as an outsider, but if if he was a Patriots fan, I wouldn't feel the same. Oh yeah, can you
0: imagine? Yeah, come on
1: now. So like understanding that he exists and his following is so big and so massive i understand why the browns fans celebrate and act like that fair enough the only thing as a patriots fan that's a little bit different was last year when the bill it was kind of like the first year that the bills had it and i was almost uh sympathetic towards them where i was like you know, you guys haven't had the division in twenty years. You know, you beat Cam Newton. Yeah, you beat Clap. Cam Newton. Yeah, good job for you guys. Yeah, round you know? of applause. You know, and the Jets were nothing, and the and that's how I. That's exactly how I felt out of this
0: game. Like, I had a Browns fan text me. I was like, "You staved off a Tyler Huntley comeback. Right? Go
1: hang the banner. Yeah. You know,
0: that's that's what I would say.
1: Yeah. Like, you know." I If the Jets beat us in a game, I'm never like, oh, no. Like, you know, because I know they're going to stink for the next yeah, 15 it's years. Just,
0: oh, it's just – it's coming off a loss against the Steelers. Yeah. It's never fun. Both games were within three points. And then to recover the onside kick late. So Baltimore, they're down 24-3 at one point. Storm back to 24-22. Score late. Get the ball. Justin Tucker pulls the onside kick. Kicks it. Doinks the full back in the helmet. They recover it. I'm like, if Lamar Jackson's in the game, they like the Cleveland Browns lose by two touchdowns. I don't think that game's close if if Lamar plays the whole game. Tyler Huntley comes in, and no favors. I I was I was at work, so like I'm looking. We were down twenty four three. The game's on on the Chiefs are playing at the same time, but you know I got my phone on. Yeah yeah yeah. I see we're down 24-3, and I'm like, thank God the Chiefs played at noon today because I know that our, the Baltimore game would be on if all the Chiefs fans weren't in the building. Right. And um, so thank God the Chiefs are on. And then it gets late, and I'm like, holy shit, we're down 24-20. I walk in the back, and it's on in the back. Or mm-hmm. maybe the Chiefs game had finished, and, and they, they were, kicked it to yeah, the last minute. That's
1: how they most, most of the time that goes.
0: And so I see a score, Justin Tucker, and, you know, Jacob C's <laughs> Jacob's back there, and he's like, well, not a high probability win or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, listen. I got the best kicker in the game. This is a field goal. It doesn't, you know, yeah. and kicks, you know, the onside kick, it hits, oh my, there's like three people standing in the back. I lost them mind. I ran up and down the hallway like four times. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the, the ensuing drive, you know, cause they're on the other side of the 50. They've at least got to get 10, 15, maybe 20 yards Put Tucker in some type of decent range. Right. And just three terrible play calls. Four terrible play calls. Four three and out,
1: four and out, and the game was over. See, and I feel and it's so weird to say that. I felt like this was Greg Roman's best year with that offense because with all the injuries that they've had, they've done a really good job managing managing the personalities and managing all the managing all the, ins the injuries?
0: And yeah. That's uh I, I just I can't wait to have a healthy roster again. Good Lord. Like, I looked at the, the injury report before the game, and you got to think, Marlon Humphrey's out for the year now. He tore his labrum last week. Yeah. Marcus Peters has been down for the whole year. Um, tore his ACL at the beginning of the year. Tavon Young's been in and out. Jimmy Smith's been in. Jimmy Smith had his, uh, his daughter was born, so he didn't travel to Cleveland.
1: Oh, so okay, that makes that's sense.
0: Three of your top four corners, Tavon Young played. So three of your top four corners that are out, and then on top of that, I'm looking at the injury report, and the next six guys on the depth chart are all questionable. I was like, "Where?" I was like, "I'm going to go put a jersey on."
1: <laughs> good, good <laughs> thing you traded Jalen Mills to the Patriots. Not Jalen Mills, um, Sean Wade. Sean Wade. I
0: literally said that. I was like, "God, I wish I had fucking Sean Wade." Sean Wade right now on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> we well, like, i here." I'll give up that fifth round pick. Sean Wade's going to be the next Stephon
1: Gilmore. Either you're never going to hear his name again or he's going to be the next Stephon Gilmore. I'm telling you now. I I don't want to dig into the... Bill Belichick just is like cloning great cornerbacks somewhere in a lab.
0: It's insane because I'm telling you because remember how terrible Stephon Gilmore was in buffalo like he
1: wasn't terrible he was kind of a he was a
0: good he was mid-level but he gave up a lot of big plays. a lot like marcus peters like really good but god he gives up the big play a little too often yeah and i remember when he signed in new england there was some petty bills reporter on like buffalo television that was like well patriots fans here go here's a clip of what should we get and it was just like two minutes of Mm -hmm. stefan gilmore getting absolutely roasted and then a year and a half later, he's the best corner in football. And well, yeah. Sean Wade plays the exact same style of football.
1: I, I, I love this argument whenever we talk about drafting college players because I think it's such a great argument. Is the coaching that they're currently getting going to be better than what they're going to get at the next level, right? Mm. So you have to look at Alabama players and go, am I going to be able to coach that guy better than Nick Saban? Most of the time, the answer is no. You look at a guy, I'm going to pick on a random school. Uh you draft a guy out of Tennessee. You go, can I coach him better than, am I going to be able to coach these habits out of him? The answer is probably yes, right? Can I can I coach better than, insert school name in, here. In, can, I, can I coach better than their head coach? As an NFL coach, sometimes if it's coming from Nick Saban, you said, no, we've kind of seen this guy coached at the best level. Bill Belichick has to look at every defensive player and go, oh, I can coach him better than that literally uh, anyone i can scheme i oh, can kyle Duggar, d3 yeah, yeah. D three I, I could i could out scheme that coach right yeah like yeah of course he can <laughs> and he just like looks he must look at these guys and go oh man if i had a guy like that i know what i exactly what i'd do because that's who he signs he goes matthew judon oh i know how to make him work jamie collins oh, i love him yeah love well, we that can, guy yeah we love that guy kyle van Noy. yeah i can scheme up a you know, 10 sacks for that guy every year or five sacks for that guy every year. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Like that's – and I love that when they use that in evaluating. Because if you draft any Alabama player and go, yeah, he's going to have to be coached up at the next level. You're like, if Nick Saban couldn't coach him up in three years, like through that program, there ain't no fixing him. Oh, my God. They got
0: Christian Barmore this offseason too. I can't believe Christian Barmore fell to the second round. And then New England picked him, and I was like, ah, shit. Of course. So now we have Vince Wilfork Jr. and fucking (laughs) Stephon Gilmore Jr. are waiting in the wings, boys. Look out. You heard it here first. All right. Let's jump into our headlines here. Bring it on. From one very, very good head coach to one very, very (laughs) not good head coach.
1: Uh, Urban Meyer. The the Urban Meyer mess. Um, I mean.
0: Did you have this written down before I told you the story? Yeah, I did. I did.
1: I was going to more talk about the stuff of him – Uh, So for those of you who don't know what happened, there was a report that came out that, um, you know, players were saying, get me out of here. It's just been a big mess there. So apparently he went around to all the position coaches and basically asked them, are you a winner and made them defend their resume in a team in a. In a coach's meeting. That is
0: the most college coach thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah,
1: so that's very much a, I know who I am, are, who are you? Who like, are you? Yeah, who are you? What have you done? You Which know? has
0: got to be one of the most insulting questions you
1: can ask a grown man. A grown man who's coaching in the NFL. So that, that's that been a mess. <laughs> and he's probably been coaching in the NFL longer than you have. <laughs> and then there's the mess with James Robinson. So James Robinson fumbles. Urban Meyer tells, tells this coaching staff to t- pull him out of the game, take him out. Trevor Lawrence then goes to Urban Meyer and says, why are we taking our best football player out right now? And Urban says, oh, I don't know. We can put him back in. Puts him back in the game. And then after the game, gets asked about it and goes, I didn't make that. I don't make those calls.
0: Trevor Lawrence pulled – wait. So Trevor Lawrence asked why we took James Robinson out? Yeah.
1: And then and then after the game, he gets in. Then So Trevor intervenes, gets James Robinson put back in the game. After the game, it gets asked – you know why? Uh, it's you know, the same wh- thing from
0: earlier this year. Yeah, exactly. I don't micromanage those. Decisions. I don't mic.
1: And then <laughs> what decisions do you make? And right? then it gets leaked from an assistant coach that he called. He ordered for James Robinson to be taken out of the game. So now he's lying to his quarterback. He's lying to the media again, getting called. And then they talk about leaks coming from the the team. And he goes, you know, if we catch any of our assistant coaches leaking any information, you know, he's not going to have a job here. Well, the very next day, they had a team, a staff meeting with Sean Kahn, the owner, talking about, like, leaks and drama and stuff like that. That meeting got leaked that it happened. So it's like, (laughs) here's the thing. In the NFL, guys talk, right? Yeah, 100%. And, And the reason that they build these relationships is... Reporters want the inside scoop, so they're they're giving these guys attention, right? So that way when that guy becomes an assistant or or when he becomes a coordinator, maybe you're getting a little bit more juice, you know. When that guy becomes a head coach and you have a really good relationship with him, you know, that's how you build these things as reporters is you gotta talk to the assistant coaches, you know, the position coaches to kind of build that. So they're gonna talk. And players are always gonna talk to players and Players,
0: players are not as careful as most coaches are as yeah. well.
1: So you, you have to understand stuff is going to get out. The best solution for stuff not to get out is don't be a mess. And it just feels like Urban Meyer has been a complete disaster and Nothing but year. a mess,
0: yeah. Definitely not going to have a job at the end of the year. There was the report that came out today from former kicker Josh Lambeau, um, Which, again, not that fucking Madden, and of course I inject Madden into everything Mm -hmm. we have. He was a superstar at the beginning of the year on the game, which means obviously he's pretty decent. He's obviously no longer on the roster. He had some struggles early on in the year. And we may have figured out why. Obviously, he wasn't having too much fun. Um, Basically, broke a story to a reporter today that said he was in the middle of stretching, doing some lunges in practice. And Urban Meyer came up while he was stretching, doing some lunges. Um, and said, hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks, and then kicked him in the leg in the middle of a lunge position, which I don't know how much you guys follow football, but for a kicker, kicking a kicker in the leg is usually not a good idea, and then kicking a kicker in the leg while he's in the middle of a very vulnerable stretching position, also pretty frowned upon.
1: Yeah, I don't – I just – I want to know, like I'm sure a lot of this stuff worked at college, right, because you have – a lot of kids that are fresh out of high like school. The relationships are different. Yeah, really? you're yeah. talking
0: to 19 at most, probably like a 22, 23 year old kid.
1: And, and you say that to a 19 year old kicker, and he's going to go, "Yes, sir!" Right away, I'll, I'll work on that. And you say that to a grown man who's made millions of dollars, who's a play,
0: Pro Bowl kicker, who's a
1: Pro Bowl kicker, who you know, I don't know if Josh Lambeau has kids, but you know what I mean. For the most part, a lot of these players are have kids. You know, they you know and they have success in their own right, so you have to treat them at a different level of success, right? the the best way i would describe that to like people in, in the everyday world it's like you know a store manager is going to talk to his employees different than he talks to other store managers mm-hmm. and the district manager talks differently to store managers than he does to his peers at the district level or you know so on and so world in the corporate world right it's like he has just taken what he did in college and just carried it over and doesn't give a shit like he is just like he acts like he's talking to eighteen year old kids all the yeah. time, and then
0: like, he doubles down on it. And Lambo said later on in the report that he was taken aback. He was surprised. He was like, "Did that just fucking happen?" You yeah. have one of those moments where you are like, "Hold the fucking." Did that,
1: did that? Was that real? Yeah, and
0: yeah. and he says that um, he's. What did he say? I mean, I, I don't have the report in front of me. He said, <laughs> "Don't you ever fucking kick me again." And then, Irvin Meyer says. I'm the head ball coach, I'll kick whoever the fuck I want. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You did not You did not just tell a grown man and another kicker that you can kick whoever the fuck you want on your football team.
1: Yeah, there's just
0: no way. He's like it's just it's it's so crazy to watch because I've never seen someone with so little self awareness like get himself into these situations. And, like, he'll put himself in a good situation, and he'll, like, back out of it. And then he puts himself in a bad spot, and he'll, like, double down.
1: I I don't understand what what this man's philosophy is for running a He coach. gets dealt, like, a two and a nine in poker. And he's like, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm sent. We're going. He's pl- he's paying for the split right now. hundred percent. You're like, what is this man what doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, there's not much more to talk about. We'll see. I mean, you don't think he'll have a job. It's going to be expensive to buy him out of that contract for yeah, sure. Yeah, how big was that deal? I don't know if that one ever got released. So That's a
0: good point. I don't think I remember ever seeing it either. Um, but if that was on the heels of Gruden, I mean it wasn't on the heels, but Gruden did get 10 years, 10 million two years before that. And to pull Urban Meyer out of retirement, it wasn't no chump change deal, I'll tell you that much.
1: So, yeah, it, it's not public. But they think he's making between ten and twelve million dollars per year for six years. Holy shit! So that like he he's guaranteed fifty million. Shad Khan's always been a guy that's willing to spend money even
0: when you don't have to. This is a spot where I think you need to spend money because you just drafted Trevor Lawrence, right? And I don't know if you want to put it on. Trevor Lawrence, if you want to say maybe Gardner Minshew is a little bit better than people give him credit or if you want to pin this on Urban Meyer, I would have no issues. But through 12 games as a starter, Gardner Minshew has looked heads and shoulders above what Trevor Lawrence is doing.
1: Yeah, so I far. saw that. I I think two different styles of play. Gardner Minshew is a he is an accuracy, you know, doesn't throw the deep ball a lot kind of guy. I think
0: you're allowed to pin that on. I have no issue like cuz I was, you know me. I've always been a big Minshew guy. Yeah. Now, I think you can 100% Pin that on Urban Meyer. If if there's any reason where I'm like maybe this guy shouldn't coach for me, that stat is like, I because the roster yes it's a little worse you know they are mm-hmm. coming off that's probably only two three years removed from their AFC title run, but still this is a team that oh,
1: they're like four should, or five years removed.
0: Now they are. Yeah. I think when Minshew oh, was Minshew there, I don't over. think they yeah. were. They yeah. they shouldn't have been that far off, I don't believe.
1: No, Minshew took over when yeah, I think right after Blake Bortles. Yeah, a couple yeah. years off.
0: So so they, they were probably a little bit more put together, but it's just and again, two and ten as a rookie head coach in the NFL, it happens. Dan Campbell, like yeah. I think if it comes to the end of the year. Say each team loses the rest of their games, the Lions and the Jags. I would, and you gave me a choice. I had to fire one coach. I would fire Urban Meyer before I fired Dan Campbell.
1: Oh, all day. Because there's been no drama, no mess around. Yeah. The just hasn't played well, but guess what? You look at that roster, it's not a good roster. Yeah,
0: it's not the fact that you're not playing well. This is, is, I think it's one of the first times that a rookie head coach is on the hot seat and it has nothing to do with the record. I think they could be 10-2 and two with all the dysfunction they're
1: having. And it's obviously nice. Yeah
0: close but you would you would at least be like okay
1: i think 10 and 2 i don't think you see as much dysfunction there but yeah there's no way you're 10 and 2 with this much dysfunction
0: no no you possible. can't be but you can put together a hall of fame level roster and y-
1: you look at this roster and it's not great but it's not that bad i mean between trevor lawrence james robinson and marvin jones that's, that's a really good
0: top three right yeah, there. Yeah, LaVisca Chenault's also contributing here and there. I think they'd be a lot better if ETN
1: was healthy and if DJ Chark was healthy. Yeah. Obviously, but... They're missing some people. They're not, they're not going to... This isn't a playoff team this year. No. By any means. I don't care who the coach is. But, but. I
0: think you've got to figure it out because you're, you are in jeopardy of ruining arguably the greatest quarterback prospect that the game's ever seen. Uh, he's up there. He, we're 13 games in, and people are being like, "I don't know, man."
1: He's a t- he's definitely er, Trevor Lawrence is definitely a top five college prospect of all time. Yeah, I
0: think coming out of high school, he's like everyone's always put him in the same category as Andrew
1: Luck, uh, John Elway. Is it, I was
0: like, it's Luck at Elway. I can't remember if it was Elway or
1: not. Yep, it's John Elway. John Elway and Andrew Luck were have been those two were some of the most touted. Just physically different kind of guys. Yes,
0: yeah. and Lawrence was the third name on that list. Yeah. And he's not played like it. And I think a lot of that has to do with Urban Meyer. All
1: right, next topic, the Chiefs defense. So, um,
0: I saw a stat this week, and I've seen a lot of people talking about it. And I think the talk is more – the stat, obviously, is extremely impressive. The stat from the Chiefs defense this last couple weeks, um, they, have, they have allowed, I think it's less than – Allowed less than 10 or less points in four of the last five games They're the first team to do that since the Legion of Boom and the Seahawks back in 2014. Um, and I saw like a couple analysts talking about this, and they're like, if you if you were in December, and I'm telling you that uh, the Chiefs are winning games, but they're winning them by a touchdown, and it's 17-10, not 35-28, you're thinking, wow, the defense is playing well. This is a scary team. Context is everything. Yeah, the Chiefs defense is playing well, but let's look at who they're playing. This is not a team that's running out there and stomping over dominant offenses in this league. Um, I think every, everyone's been like, "Oh man, the Chiefs defense is playing good." And I I agree, the Chiefs defense has been playing good, but this whole talk of like they, they they're winning them games, the Chiefs defense has completely had the turnaround. You've played Derek Carr twice in these five games. Mm-hmm. One of those was in Arrowhead. Derek Carr has never, ever in his life played good in Arrowhead Stadium. Um, you played Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos in Arrowhead. You play. I'll give you credit. You beat Dak Prescott. Yeah, beat yeah. Dak that's Prescott in the Cowboys. Hands down. Hats off to you. I don't know the Broncos.
1: Pretty high-powered offense. No, nah, not, not to my court. Not to my calculation. That was sarcasm. That was big um, sarcasm. And then, uh, so,
0: Teddy Bridgewater, you beat Dak, you beat Derek Carr twice, and then you beat Jordan Love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You beat Jordan Love by six points. So, that's more of an offensive thing than a defensive thing. But, another thing to note, in this five-game win streak, well, I mean, the streak goes past five games. It's a six-game win streak now. Uh, did you know of the six-game win streak that they're currently on, The five love games have been in Arrowhead Stadium? Mm-hmm. That is another issue to that's me. That's a good point. Tell you what, it's really easy to play as a real solid defense when you're playing in the loudest place in the NFL. I think, first of all, that shows you that home field advantage does exist in this league. Not for every team, but a, a, a good, there's I wouldn't say good majority, some teams. Like the Green Bay Packers, there's a there's a home field advantage playing in Lambeau. Yeah.
1: Especially in January. Oh, Gillette Stadium, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, I think
0: Arrowhead is definitely a, a stadium that's on that list. So the Chiefs defense is playing well. I think kudos is is deserved to hand out. Let's remember what remember where we are, remember who we're playing.
1: The 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 thing is is I, I get the general concept of, like, well, the defense is playing good, and they just have to fix the offense, and that should be easy to fix.
0: You're like, that's going to fix itself.
1: And I was like, I feel like I've been saying it's going to fix itself for 10 weeks now. Uh, the, the general concept of it isn't bad, right? Like, it's not a bad theory. The problem is, is does it apply in reality? And I'm not sure it does. Really, next week is the only real test of it, and that's going against the Chargers, right? That's a really good offense to go, okay, are we are we playoff ready? And besides that, I mean maybe the Bengals. They got the Bengals left too. That that could be a good test. Yeah,
0: when I look at the four games on the stretch for them, the Chargers obviously the team itself. la is not a huge home field advantage. They yeah. we'll play Pittsburgh. Shouldn't be an issue, but you want to test—is that an Arrowhead? Never mind, it's an Arrowhead. It's They're going to destroy head. the Steelers. in yep. Arrowhead,
1: and then it's at at Cincy at Denver.
0: Cincy, I think, is going to be an interesting one because as much as they stumbled, this is a team that's probably going to be playing for a shot at the playoffs. Yeah, this might you're be a wild get, card. You're going to get the best right hook that the Bengals can throw at you, and you're going to have to take it on the chin and swing back.
1: It and and the Chargers games mattered because it could decide who who wins the, the AFC division. West. Yeah, this, this division. division. As well. So we'll see what it what it comes out to be. I I like the theory we won't know until the playoffs come, right? Like when the playoffs hit and then you have to cuz here's the thing, it's easy to play five or six great defensive games against below average to average offenses mm-hmm. outside of the Cowboys in that stretch. Yeah. It's going to be another thing when you have to win three straight games against great offenses in the playoffs in order to make it to the Super and Bowl. And can you do it outside of Arrowhead Stadium? Because, you, yeah, you're not going to have a home field. You might have one home game in the playoffs. Maybe maybe two if you're really, if really you lucky. Win,
0: if you win your division, you'll have one. But, like, if you lose to the Chargers and they take that division, you are playing on the road. There All is right? no Arrowhead yeah, Stadium advantage. to save your defense. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't know where Buffalo is going to end up in this whole thing, but that's not some. Are you kidding me? The Kansas City has to travel to Buffalo somehow to play them, which I don't think that would happen by any stretch of the imagination at this point. I don't think it's possible.
1: Oh but no, no Buffalo. I mean, maybe it's possible. Don't say they that. would. They would have to. Bills um, would have to win every game, and the Patriots have to lose a lot. Coming, yeah, up. and somebody else would have to be the one seed. There's a lot of what I've seen. Yeah, not gonna happen. But
0: nonetheless, yeah. Let's let's come back down to earth a little bit. Let's, That's, yeah, let's, you know. That was going to be my hot take for this week, but we got something else planned. Yeah, we
1: do. You're
0: well, going to read an ad now. I am going to read an ad now. Our ad this week comes to us from none other than Houston-based company Exotic Pop. They are known worldwide as the unique beverage boutique offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity, individuality, and a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like the Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo Cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. So, it's time to talk about some awards. It's award season. The BEL Awards have been going on the last couple weeks. Black Tie event, Strictly. Um, you know, and Tim pitched the idea, and I said, "You know what? I've got a pretty good format for that. You know, so let's throw the suit and tie back on, and let's get
1: into some own show awards." Are we? Let's, are we wearing? I didn't know, realize it was black suit and tie. I'm still wearing my work uniform. Still wearing the work uniform. You know,
0: yeah. um, considering this is your first
1: time offense, I think I'll let it slide. Okay, thank you. I am wearing <laughs> black pants at least, black slacks. I'll take that. Black slacks, it is. Okay. Um, Yeah, we. Kind of been slacking. We, we did the quarter season awards, the half season awards. We're a little late on the three fourth season. It's, eh, you could stretch it because of the 17 game.
0: Yeah, 14. Eh. There's no real, like, I mean, there's no halfway point of 17.
1: Yeah, so it's well.
0: It's a, it's a full number.
1: Yeah, well, and there's no real three-fourths now because we would have done this week 12 traditionally, so we're kind of like two weeks behind. Week 13 could have been, but we mm-hmm. didn't record a show. Week 12, week 13, we we're kind of recovering. So Yeah, true, true, true. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to sneak this in now. This is our last, you know, kind of who we think deserves every reward before the end of the season. Obviously, we'll talk about it when it comes through. Um, when that happens, we'll probably do a reflect on our – on our three, three thoughts of where everybody was at the time. And boy, are some of those going to look bad. Some are going to look bad and some might look real good. And, and on that topic, let's, let's, let's dive into the subject a little bit quickly here. Okay. Okay. Cause everyone loves to just dump on, you know, broadcasters and say, you know, okay, there are some that are worse than others. I will say that Max Kellerman, um, skip Bayless, skip Bayless. Okay. Outside of them, To sit there and look at some of these people's takes and be like, wow, that was a horrible one. And I'll I'll pick on myself here to go, wow, that guy thought Von Miller potentially could win Defensive Player of the Year. That guy looks like a clown for saying that now. And you know what? I do. But I'll challenge you this. Because you just sit there and consume content. Go out there and make content and see what dumb shit you say. Exactly. Because I promise you, if, if you have to do 90 minutes of content every week, and we don't do, like, there's people who do. Like the herd is like three hours a day, five, yeah, uh, <laughs> for five days a week, and you have to put out fifteen hours of content a week. You're gonna say some dumb shit in there, yeah. We we put out nowhere near as much, and I say some dumb shit. I've said it along the way as well. So next time, as a fan, you're listening, and you're like, man. What a dumb, what a bad take that is, right? Remember Daniel Jones for Offensive Player of the Year? Yeah, yeah, that was exactly. A thing. I said that. Next time you you think, wow, that's a bad write down all of your opinions on whatever that person's talking about. Whatever show it is, ESPN, this podcast, whatever it is, write down all of your opinions in a notebook somewhere. Pull it out a month later and see if all of your opinions you're like, wow, that was bad. On this topic, you know
0: who you are. If you're listening to this. You listen to this show religiously enough. You know if you fall into that category, I want you to actually do it and get back to me. I know it's, there's a couple guys that will text me and be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as easy as it looks. It's not,
1: it's not <laughs> as easy. Like, by no means. And when we were going into this, I didn't think I'd be perfect. But, boy, I didn't think I'd also be this wild on some stuff. I was the same way. It's, I'd
0: love to crack into some of the stuff that I said on The Cave back in Butler. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure some of it
1: was out there. It was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, yeah. and we'll and when football season's over, I'm sure we can do just a review and we'll just go through all the old shows and be like, my God, why did we say this out loud? Mm-hmm. But just for everybody's sake, you know, I'm okay. You can still pick on Max Kellerman and I'm not going to judge you because laser beamed, pointed down by the Martians at Earth, and I got one shot and giving it to Iguodala, Iguodala. is still going to be one of the most memed, worst takes of all time. You know, I'm okay with that. But. It's,
0: I think there's a line when a majority of what you say is that category, yes, exactly. and that, that's what Skip Bayless is to me. Yeah. Like, anytime I hear him talking, I'm, I'm like, "There's, I, I could sell. I'd love to hook a computer up to the back of my brainstem and find a point in time through the 23 years that I've been on this earth. I want you to look and find the sentence outside of what I'm about to say it right now. See if this has ever come out of my mouth before. I'm like. Wow, that's a really good point, Skip Bayless, because I guarantee you it's never happened. Here's the thing with
1: Skip, though. I I think some of it is craziness, and I also think in production meetings when they're talking about what they're going to talk about, he's probably always had the second pick. The harder one to defend, hundred oh, percent.
0: So like that's I, how I felt. I felt about
1: Max in that point. They're like, well, not everybody could just pick Curry, right? We're like, all right, well, we have to have some disagreement. Where we don't, we don't really do that ever. We were like, if we agree, we agree. And yeah, we're just going to say that. hundred percent. Whereas, like, I'm sure if you're on those bigger television shows, they're like, okay, somebody has to disagree. Yeah, all you guys-
0: can't agree with each other for two hours for five days a week. It's going to get boring.
1: And the thing that makes Colin Cowherd so interesting is the only person he's ever arguing with. Is himself ninety percent of the time. Agreed,
0: yeah. Cause he's he just, made a career out of yeah, it.
1: Yeah, he has just made a point of just like he literally he gets to take whatever side he wants, mm-hmm. and the man still talks himself in circles. And that's why people love him to death. Yeah. And still is wrong sometimes. America's well. honesty broker. That's that's what Colin Cowherd is. Man. There it is, man. All, All right, right hear no, enough about that rant. Let's jump in. Um, I I'm gonna go first. I think on everyone because that's fun. Um, I think I think we have some similar ones and some ones that. I think if I didn't pick who I picked, of course I say that, that we don't have to change. And I think you changed some years because I of who did. I picked.
0: I I did change some.
1: But for MVP, Tom Brady. And Owen and I were kind of talking about this, and this will just lead him into his, but... If someone's going to overtake Tom Brady for MVP, they have to go out and have four games where they go and throw four touchdowns each game or five. Yeah, it's got to be a crazy stretch here. And the
0: media has to bite
1: it, too. Yes. And it it has can't to be, be
0: like Matthew Stafford's thrown for five touchdowns the last two weeks, but they lost, so that we didn't talk right. about it. Or it's like, got to be a good story. <laughs> it was to Cooper Cup and not Odell, so we didn't put it on Instagram. Right. You know? So the media has to bite it, too. Yeah. Um, so for the sake of not picking Tom Brady, because I agree that that's probably the safe pick at this point, everybody's had their pitfalls outside of Tom Brady. Like, I think Kyler Murray was on this list at one point. Uh, Josh Allen was on this list. Lamar, Pat, not Patty. Lamar, Aaron Rodgers. But everyone has either missed games or, like, stumbled and had a stretch of rough games, except for Tom Brady. So I agree. I think if for, for somebody to overtake him at this point, it's going to have to be Somebody that's doing something crazy, the media is going to have to bite it. And I think if I had to pick a guy based on what I've seen the last couple of weeks, I think Justin Herbert would be my pick. Um, talking about a guy that's going to come out of left field and maybe steal the award. He's at 3,800 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks right now. And he's been heating up as of late. For some reason, even with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton decides to catch a 80-yard touchdown every yeah. three weeks. It happened this last week. Which means it's going to happen in week seventeen, and guess what's going to be all over Sports Center, and that's going to be the last thing they they see before they decide to vote for MVP. I
1: think the only thing that hurts Herbert is he's not interesting in the media perspective. True, he doesn't interview, and and this isn't a fault to him by any means as a football player. I just think for the MVP race, it's driven so much by the media that. I just don't know if he says outlandish stuff and interesting stuff enough to, like...
0: He's going to have to wow that much more on the field. Yeah. And I think he's, at the level he's playing at right now, he's going to have to kick it up another notch. I don't think he writes, you know, stays the same and does it. But I think if there's a guy that's trying to get his team to the playoffs and possibly steal the division right out under the Chiefs' nose... Yeah, that's true. This is a, a kid that's going to want to
1: do it. The thing that's interesting to me about a guy like Justin Herbert and is. He plays like Baker Mayfield talks, right? Mm. Like that kid just goes out and balls and really doesn't say much and he's just, like, just well, quiet. I got a haircut last got week. Got a haircut, yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, oh, he cut that's his the, hair. That's the only story <laughs> I've
0: ever seen from the kid. He,
1: he's just he's just quiet and just goes out and balls and I love that. Like I think that is a great way to go out and succeed. Like and if and if you're in any job that you do in in life. Like you should look at that and be like, "Wow, I should apply that, right?" A silent assassin. A silent assassin. Make moves and in, in silence. Do stuff without telling people, and and you know, wow them when you succeed, right?
0: Celebrate after the work is done.
1: Yeah. Don't
0: Dude. be like, "Well, I might get." I'm interviewing for a promotion this week. I feel like I'm a shoe in, and then you don't get it, and then you have to be like, "Well, I didn't get it."
1: Don't be that guy. I can't remember. There's some golfer who I, I genuinely don't remember the golfer who who said this. And he was. They were like, "What motivated you to be good?" And he goes, "One day I came home and I told my dad how good I was at golf." And he said, "I'll believe you when other people tell me how good you are." And you're like, "I was it's like, true. I was like, damn, like that was like, you're like, wow." So like, you talking about how successful, or how good you are, doesn't really mean anything. And
0: even and and there's a lot of people that will humble you in life. And
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: yeah. And like Barry Sanders is at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and his dad inducted him or maybe his dad did, like, a guest speech, or maybe this was, like, the Lions Ring of Honor. I don't know. I remember. And he's like, so here's, you know, did a little speech. Here's my son, the second-best running back of all time behind Jim Brown, Barry Sanders. And I was like, he's just, he's like, my son's great, but he ain't better than Jim Brown. I watched Jim Brown, and you're just, so you got to go out and play with the mindset of, like, I'm going to be the best I can be, and I'll talk about it when other people bring it up.
1: I doubt my, I mean, there's no way my cross-country coach from high school listens to this. One of my favorite quotes of all time and as like how as, cool
0: would it be if you got like a message on facebook facebook from like, him
1: i did talk to him not that long ago um we keep in touch i'm a donor to the program i don't uh, <laughs> the way you said that was. So- i'm not i'm not a big donor was- i made it sound like listen i'm a booster i'm dumping a lot of money into the Casanova <laughs> boys cross country program <laughs> my, my buddy who listens to this will laugh at that because it's him and i who we, we write a check for it like 100, 200 bucks every year. That's like, fantastic. Just, I love that. Just to like just to keep our names on the t shirt and because we like to program and he's a great, he's an awesome one of the best coaches I ever had. Mm. He started off a meeting and Sean and Sean, if you're listening, you'll remember this meeting. He starts it off with and he goes, you'll never be Michael Jordan. And everyone in the room was like, is this supposed to be motivational? <laughs> were like, you're telling all of these like high school athletes like, listen, you'll never be as good as Michael Jordan. The point he was trying to make was buried deep down inside of that but it's honestly still one of the most memorable because everyone as soon as he started everyone started looking around and we had like 20 to 30 kids on the team we were a huge cross like, that's a team. large
0: cross-country team yeah, yeah
1: like we had a we our cross-country team was almost as big as a football team back then wow and everyone was like sitting around looking and everyone was like what the hell is he about to go on about and i mean his point was like understand what you're good at and and push for that and go to succeed for that don't try to make yourself something you're not and that was kind of his point of like michael jordan was gifted with basketball skills like michael jordan started out at an 80 overall and my 2k as a kid right Mm -hmm. and was able to develop and grow himself into that 99 overall he goes if you start out at a thirty-five, <laughs> don't even try. If
0: you if you are listed as a tight end on Madden, but you're a twenty-four because you're actually a long snapper, right. don't try to actually be a tight end.
1: Exactly. Like I think that was the point he was trying to make was like understand your skill sets and where your goals need to be and try to achieve those. Don't. Don't under don't be like well I'll never be Michael Jordan just give up like the message was there it was like the worst way to lead off I don't remember what the point of this conversation was now just but.
0: the way that Justin Herbert carries himself on a football
1: field yeah exactly and and that's the kind of the way he just moves in silence and just keeps himself motivated yeah he's an awesome kid I love him love it boy we are we said we would ramble and that was maybe the weirdest ramble that it was happened. a little
0: bit but I feel like it wasn't too far
1: off no we didn't get too crazy all right defensive player of the year. Um, I don't know if Micah Parsons is going to win it. I think he, he damn well deserves at least being in the conversation. I think he deserves to get it. He
0: is 110% defensive rookie of the year at this point. Oh
1: no, that's not even a question. There is
0: no, he could literally, I feel like not play another down and probably have defensive rookie of the year pretty well locked up. Defensive player of the year definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Um, The thing is, is he's putting up, when you look at the sacks and the pressures that he has, he's putting up the same, not the same, but close to the same numbers as top 10, top 5 pass rushers, he's not going after the quarterback every play.
1: And he's playing 50% of his snaps in coverage. Like, that's the crazy part. He's got 11
0: sacks, and he's literally a coverage linebacker in their system.
1: We talked about it early on, that it was amazing that a rookie was going to lead that Cowboys defense.
0: He was a signal caller to start the year for Yeah,
1: yeah. And the fact that he is just... He is what every defensive coach probably dreams of, of just being able to flex him. He can cover tight ends. He can play zone. He can...
0: I am, to this day, still shocked that Dallas drafted him. Yeah. Because I have... It has been... Since I started watching football, I have seen countless times where Dallas has had a shot at a top-level defender. They could have Jalen Ramsey. They, they could took, have
1: Warren Sapp, I think, too. They,
0: they took Zeke instead of Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So when they could have had Jalen Ramsey at four and Derrick Henry in the second. They took Jalen Smith and Zeke. I've seen Dallas's blunders in the draft. They took Taco Charlton, the pick before my Defensive Player of the Year candidate, TJ Watt. That's crazy. That happened. So the fact that Michael Parsons lands in Dallas, I was like, I was nervous. It was one of those situations where, like, it's when a quarterback gets drafted to the Jets. You're like, I don't know, the kid's really good. He's the best quarterback in the class, but it's the Jets. They could really
1: easily bounce this kid's career out hybrid style players that can play multiple positions are kind of like a lottery ticket because sometimes they just don't work out because they're not really good at, it's kind of like Jamal Adams' career. It's like when he was on the Jets, he was great, and then in Seattle, he's kind of been meh.
0: To me, it's one or the other. Like it is, it's quite literally a lottery ticket. Either you wasted a dollar, yeah. or that is the biggest hit you'll ever have in your life. Either he is a defense player of the year
1: candidate, yeah.
0: or he is off your team in four years.
1: Like I liked that Arizona took a chance on somebody like uh, Isaiah, Isa- Simmons. Isaiah Simmons because he could be, he could be. But so far, Isaiah Simmons has kind of been. In an awkward spot where it's like he- Jabril Peppers
0: as well, yeah, in, in New York, and I think the shift from Cleveland to New York obviously Has- probably stunted that a little bit, right? Uh, the, the change of scenery,
1: where you're like, it, I think it's harder on the guys where you're like, okay, are they a safety? Are they an outside linebacker? Can they play middle linebacker? Where at least Micah Parkins is playing middle linebacker and on outside the edge, linebacker outside linebacker, or linebacker rush. or edge rusher, whatever you want to call him. He
0: is the whole package when it comes to playing the linebacker.
1: Yeah, squad. he he is what you would want. That's what you hope for when you draft a hybrid guy. That he's he honestly, if he just played linebacker, would probably lead the leagues in tackles and if he just played off the edge and just rushed the passer he could lead the league in sacks. He might lead the league in in sacks. So that's why like it's hard to say, well, if he did this, you know what I mean? That's why the fact that he's 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 on pace to be over 100 tackles. He, is he already over 100 tackles?
0: I'm not 100% certain.
1: I got to look that up. I think
0: he's at like 11 sacks as for from, from what I remember. Yeah, the the what... kid's had a monster year. He's exactly what like he has been like the definition of like a lottery ticket in winning. This is the kid that's done it. Like, Jabril Peppers has stumbled here and there with the scenery change. Isaiah Simmons has stumbled from the position change here and there. But talk about a defense that was void of talent and had a huge injection right into the middle of the field. And for for a team that runs a 4-3, he he is the – in a 3-4, he would work, I think, even better because you could play the outside linebacker and get after the quarterback. You're going to send four just about every time. Or you drop him in the middle of the field and you drop back into coverage. Or in, in a 4-3 still, you could put his hand in the dirt as a 4-3 defensive end if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, if you needed to. Or if you
0: want to send five, you blitz him off the edge. Or if you want to stick him in the middle and put him in that mid zone to take away every slant and drag route that comes across the middle, he could do that as well. It just It is the the ridiculous package. And we've seen the pure athleticism
1: players fail quite a bit. Oh, he's only at 57. So I was dead lie on 100 but he's at 12 sacks 57 tackles so he'll end up with 70 80 somewhere in there he could
0: hit 90 if he turns it up he could it's a possibility it's 100 i'd say it's improbable but possible but like he's probably gonna finish with 15 16 sacks
1: he's he's gonna be at he's gonna be in the top 10 in sacks right now he's seventh in sacks he's gonna be top 10 in sacks and Probably top 25 to top 20 in tackles in the league.
0: The thing that's impressive is when you compare his sacks, you look at, what do you say, seventh in sacks right now?
1: He's seventh, yep. When you look at the guy that's at eight and
0: nine, and you look at the guy that's at five and six, I guarantee you they double his pass rush snap count.
1: Oh, by far. I think think the guy that's in, because it's a tie for fifth when it comes to sacks...
0: I guarantee you that all those guys have double the amount of pass rush. Sacks. I think
1: it's Judon. I think Judon's right in front of him. It is Trey Hendricks and Matt Judon tied at twelve and a half sacks.
0: Yeah, which Judon's getting after the quarterback quite a bit. Trey Hendricks is literally a defensive end. He's after the quarterback just yeah. on every single play. And then Parsons, who's <laughs> which if he develops, like his his coverage skills are there. If he can develop, you know, spend some time with Trayvon Diggs and start to, like, really lurk and get some turnovers in the middle of the field, this kid's going to be insane.
1: I think he's a monster now. I mean, and and he's only going to get better. I was like,
0: you can only get better. There's nowhere to go but up at this point. So. Um, Yeah. Kid's ridiculous. Another guy that I think is probably the safe pick there is Parsons. I'm going to go with the guy that I hate playing twice a year and I think needs to be talked about a little bit is T.J. Watt. Um, this was your guy early on in the year. Yeah. Kind of changed it because Parsons has been a stud. But he's he missed two games. He's only played 11 games compared to Parsons and Garrett playing 13 apiece. He does currently lead the, the league in sacks at 16 sacks. Which is crazy. He's, he has 16 sacks in 11 games. Um, he also has forced, force fumbles, 16 tackles for loss. And uh, 27 quarterback hits. So he's right on par with Parsons and Garrett quarterback hit-wise. He has the second-most tackles for a loss out of those guys, the most sacks, the most forced fumbles. Um, It's just – and he's another guy that could just do it all. Like, he is, he is a less athletic Micah Parsons. I think he's a little bit more technically sound. He's a little less athletic. But a guy that I can send off the edge in a 3-4 spot, and mm-hmm. and he's gonna get after the quarterback extremely well, obviously. And he's a guy that could draw back into coverage. You put him over on the flat and he'll pick your screen right out and take him to the house.
1: It's crazy to think if he had played in every game, the sack record's twenty two and a half. I that, that would be if you give him two more games, I think that's gotta be in the realm of possibilities. Then he
0: would've already had it by now?
1: No, that he would he would be going he'd be going for it on the last game. He'd be damn close. He'd be in the twenties. Well, maybe not in the 20s, but he'd be 18 and then four he'd games He'd be at left
0: 19 sacks right now. Like, with the pace he's on. So, like, at 16 sacks for 11 games, obviously, you know, you divide mm-hmm. that by 11, you yeah, times yeah. it by 13. He'd be at 18.9 sacks. He'd be at 19 sacks at this point.
1: 19-ish sacks. So, well, so, he would need three or four. He'd need, what, four sacks in the last four games in order to hit that. So, we have 16 games We have 17 games now? We have 17 games now. If he was at the pace
0: he's on right now, if he played a full 17-game season, he'd end the year with 25 sacks.
1: Which would blow the record out of the uh, yeah, water. Yeah, he did beat the record pretty easily. That's crazy. That's it, nuts. He's playing a lot better than I realized.
0: Yeah, uh, it's just – and I think – we talked about it a little bit. Like, guys missing games can really hurt you. Yeah. And in the NBA, it does. Because you miss 20 games, you know, like. That's which
1: a, that's a quarter of the season, roughly. Or yeah, it's... if you were to
0: miss three games, four games in the NFL, it's about the same. But at the same time, in the NFL, I feel like, which I've just now realized when I said it, NFL, I feel like we look at totals. The guy mm-hmm. had 1,200 rushing yards. He yeah. didn't have 95 a game. He had no. 1,200. He had 5,000 passing yards. For he the
1: liked... most part, we don't really care. What's yeah. You per now, game. but
0: in the NBA. He yeah. averaged thirty a game.
1: Yeah, your you know, average is much. Yeah, more I didn't important. say like he scored four
0: thousand points this season. <laughs> yeah. That just sounds weird. <laughs> it
1: does. You know, it sounds so,
0: awful. So <laughs> missing games and still having high totals is insanity. So and that's what he's doing right now. I feel like he he definitely also has to be in the conversation at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And a lot of people feel like he got robbed last year. Or wait, no, he won last year. He won last year. Yeah, people felt like Aaron Ro- Aaron Donald got robbed last year. Newsflash. Every year that Aaron Donald doesn't win DPOY, he got robbed. Yeah. He's the best defensive tackle of all time, arguably. Yeah.
1: He so. would be, if if you did a, a real dynasty draft for NFL teams, he would be a top ten pick for sure. Yeah, no question. Okay, offensive player of the year. Uh, we kind of agreed on this one. I think since... I don't think there's any other option to put here. Yeah, Derrick Henry got hurt. It was probably interesting before that cooper cup's gonna win it no question no no question about it i mean the man has been an absolute monster this year um just playing just playing out of his mind i i never would have seen this coming there's there's just no way you would have said that i'm cooper cup would have 1500 yards this year in thirteen games, yeah, that's crazy. Just, you
0: could say he had fifteen hundred yards, and be like, "Oh, that's a really, you know, that's a really good year for Cooper Cup." And you're like, "Oh, by the way, that's thirteen games in. We still have four left." You're yeah, like, we
1: still have four left. What the
0: shit? Like, he's yeah.
1: he's on. He's got twelve touchdowns. I mean, the man's an absolute monster.
0: How insane is it to you that Derrick Henry was injured five weeks ago and is still fourth in the league in rushing yards?
1: I think we talked about this last week because he was second last week. So.
0: I'm I'm going to talk about it every single week until he leaves the top five.
1: That's crazy. I mean, it's nuts.
0: And also the fact that Jonathan Taylor has a 300-yard gap between him and Joe Mixon
1: at one and two. It's it's just one of those things that it makes you sit here and go, what if? What if he played a whole season? It also
0: means next year it's it's no longer a – Who's gonna break um, Eric Dickerson's single season rushing record? It's when.
1: Think and so? I don't know.
0: I think Derek Carr knew what had this year, and I think he comes back fully healthy. I feel like any game, any season, he plays seventeen games. There's a possibility of that happening at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I just think whenever somebody gets hurt like that, then then it's always believed that oh, they're gonna get hurt again, but.
0: Cooper Cup is on pace to have almost 2,000 receiving yards this year. Crazy. He is on pace to, have, to end the year with 1,950.
1: That's so,
0: nuts. Which it's, hard, it's going to be hard to keep that pace, but if he can keep the pace and tack up 50 yards, that would be insanity. How How's that for your headline for the 2020 season? Season, yeah. That with Derrick Henry, obviously we don't know he's going to get hurt yet. That someone would be like, somebody outside of a quarterback is going to go for 2,000 yards this year, and it's not a running back. Right. It's going to be a receiver. Receiver. That's insanity. That is
1: nuts. Coach of the year, I mean, I think Bill Belichick is got to be it. Lock it up. I think the only person that could be interesting, maybe Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, with, it's hard coming off that loss. They've got to close the out. Yeah. they got to close out pretty strong. I think the fact that they've won games with their backup quarterback in Arizona, I think is somewhat impressive. No, 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 no,
0: no. no. Not one games. Like, blown out other teams. Yeah. With Colt McCoy. They played
1: really well. I just think Bill Belichick... Spending a hundred million dollars in the offseason and flipping a team that wasn't a playoff team to a team that potentially could be the number one seed in the AFC with is, a rookie quarterback. With a rookie quarterback, if if that doesn't and no get true you, number one receiver, if that doesn't get you coach of the year, nothing will. No. Like then it's just a rigged award. So uh, I think
0: John Harbaugh should be in. The, I picked Bill. Uh, I almost said Bill O'Brien. Yikes! <laughs> Alrighty. Bill Belichick as well. Um, I do think John Harbaugh kind of deserves to be in the conversation with. How the hell the Ravens are eight and five with what is of upwards of twenty to twenty five guys on IR and I'd say like I counted I looked at the depth chart and there was eleven guys listed on IR on Baltimore's defense. Mm-hmm. And the guys that went down at the beginning of the year aren't there. Like Marcus Peters wasn't listed. So like I counted eleven and Marcus Peters would be twelve and there was right. I think LJ Fort would have been thirteen. And I'm just this is the fact that this team is eight and five and anywhere close to playoff contention and close to winning the division in the AFC North is insanity.
1: I think what that shows to me is the importance of quarterback play.
0: As well, yeah.
1: You've had Lamar Jackson, so I mean missing the pieces around him doesn't change. A
0: comeback win against Cleveland makes John Harbaugh's case look a lot better. Yeah.
1: As well. I, I just think I think since Mike Tomlin didn't win it the year that he had a winning record with Dutch Haas. Who won and, that year? Um, I think
0: they went eight and eight. Sean, which...
1: Sean McDermott? No. Um, oh, um,
0: Bill, was it that the was that the Brian Flores year? No, I
1: think it was uh, uh, Kevin Stefanski. I think won it that year, right? Yeah, yeah. It should have been Tomlin. I think. I think it was. I think it was S- S- Kevin. Oh, I can't say Kevin it Stefanski. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank it. you. I think it was his first year that year. Um, but yeah. I I don't think I don't think outside of quarterbacks being injured I don't think it's going to give you anything. All right, offensive rookie of the year um, I have Jamar Chase. I don't think I I think I don't think there's a case for anyone but him. Really, I think he has been far and away above everyone's expectations. Played balled absolutely out. He's already crested over that thousand yard mark for receiving yards, which is yeah, he's. A number that you want to see for your wide receiver. Yeah, so.
0: I, I wouldn't say he's been quiet as of late. I feel like maybe the media has been quiet as of late. I didn't know he was still tearing it up as much as he has. Just because I haven't seen in the media. As much. I
1: just I think the problem that he's going through is the Bengals aren't playing as well. Yeah, I mean he's got a thousand thirty five yards that puts him fifth in the league. fifth in the league. yeah. Ten touchdowns that's tied for third. I mean his last couple games he really hasn't even played that poorly. A, Five catches for 77 yards and two touchdowns against San Francisco last week. I just think the Bengals aren't as good of a story, so therefore you're not hearing as much about them. I still think he's got to be Rookie of the Year without question.
0: He's definitely up there. Um, I'm going to be that guy that picks a quarterback because you know how it is, man. It's a quarterback-driven league. Um, I'm picking Mac Jones. We're talking, and this is more about maybe the team success than anything, we're talking about a rookie quarterback Leading a team that finished with how many wins last year? What, five wins?
1: Uh, no, we won six or seven, I think, Six or seven year. wins.
0: You took a team that was dysfunctional at best last year with their quarterback situation. Signed, Yeah, you spent $100 million in free agency on Kendrick Bourne, on
1: Hunter Nelson Henry, Aguilar, Jones, Smith, two yeah. tight
0: ends, one's hurt now. And I'm going to take that rookie quarterback who I drafted at 15. I didn't take this guy at one. I didn't take this guy late. I took this guy 15. You know who else went at pick 15 two, three years ago? Fucking Dwayne Haskins. That's true. Took that draft position, and this guy's not only going to make the playoffs, not only going to win the division, but this guy's got this team as the number one seed in the AFC.
1: That's true. We that were 7-9 we were last year.
0: That is impressive. It is insanely impressive. I know that a lot of that is props to Bill Belichick and his defense. I understand that, but... Sometimes, as much as it may seem like an easy job to just, hey, just don't lose the game, that is a lot harder than it sounds.
1: As much as we gave a lot of people shit for it. Well, it, it is a lot harder than it sounds because a lot of people can't do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Still to this day. here, Here's my biggest problem with the argument. 2,800 yards, so he'll he'll crest the 3,000 mark. He should he, probably get 3,000. He should probably be around 35, maybe? Yeah, maybe, depending on how well. It depends on if we play Buffalo again, he doesn't throw the ball again. Probably not. That's true. That's <laughs> Six, very true. 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and he's a QBR of 51.7. So he's top 15 in QBR, top 15 in interceptions, top 20 in touchdowns, top 20 in yards. I I just I don't like compared to where it's more about the team success yeah, and, and you're a quarterback and I don't think rookie offensive rookie of the year is going to be based off of team success I it mean, shouldn't be but who knows
0: I'm saying out of left field
1: Yeah, I think is. the interceptions will go down next year I think he's just had some wild games but. he has but all right, what it is before
0: I have one question I'm curious okay? because I kind of actually do I have a question I feel like I forgot it it's gone
1: Okay. Well, here we are. Alright, let's jump into Pump the Breaks. Everybody's favorite segment, Pump the Brakes. Yeah. I'm excited. I did this first one at before I wrote this before I think we wrote in that we we're gonna talk about the Ravens Browns game. Um, mm. are the Browns back?
0: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> not a chance in
0: hell. Like I said, there's no way there is there's an ice cubes chance in hell that you should celebrate a win. Over a Lamar Jacksonless
1: Ravens. They are one game out of the playoffs right now. They're probably
0: one game back from the division at this point. Baltimore's only eight and five. Um, and now Cleveland does hold one game over, and I think they play again coming up. Cleveland
1: is second in their game out. Yep. And I believe they meet later on in the season.
0: And Lamar Jackson is not a hundred percent to play this weekend. And I wanna say Baltimore play this weekend because I remember looking at the schedule earlier on in the year and I was like, holy shit, we have a lot of division games to close out the year. Good thing I already have the Ravens pulled up because um, I was looking to see if we are gonna actually going to have a 1,000-yard receiver for the first time since Anquan Bolden this year, and we're going to have two of them. Thank you, Mark Andrews. Let's look at the Ravens schedule. Um, my coils with what Baltimore has done as far as their receivers just kills me every year. no. We did. We, did just, we just beat Cleveland two weeks ago. I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Never mind.
1: guys such a brutal two weeks to be a Ravens fan.
0: You lose to the Steelers and the Browns by a combined three points.
1: Uh-huh. And then who do you have next week?
0: Next week is Green Bay. Oh. yeah. Nice. So Cedaria De- yeah.
1: Smith's coming home. It, w- it wouldn't be crazy for Cleveland to come out and win this division.
0: Yeah. Uh, You want to know the next four games for who? Baltimore? Uh, Green Bay at home. Uh, on the road to Cincy, at home against the Rams, Oh. and then yeah. So the the cherry is is that this is going to be a really really rough three weeks. The cherry is that I all I c- I could lose these next three games. Mm-hmm. I will be one hundred percent happy if Big Ben takes that trip to Baltimore and loses plays his last game as a Steeler in M&T Bank Stadium and gets absolutely destroyed.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. That's
0: all I want. That's my Christmas gift. I uh, I don't care what it takes to get it.
1: It's crazy to say that I I think the only way uh, AFC North team gets in is by winning the division. Because right now your three wild card teams are Chargers, Colts, Bills. And the question is is do you believe in Cleveland or Cincy or Baltimore more to win that division? Heck, even it's not even over for Pittsburgh yet. Pittsburgh's two games out. I swear to God, if Pittsburgh wins the division, I'm gonna nothing. Nothing is impossible at that point, and that's what makes this all so interesting. Is, <laughs> is that that division is is wide open right now of who could come out and win it? And I don't necessarily see a second team. Maybe a second team sneaks in, and if, if the Bills collapse, yeah, if the Bills go on a slide, yeah. maybe. Which they, if, <laughs> if there's any team that's sliding right now. And the Colts the Colts too aren't are by no means locked in. They've got a little bit rough rough road ahead of them as well. So I think I'm um, this is this is
0: how I'm gonna judge the rest of the year for myself. If if Baltimore wins the division, that means that I did pretty good morally. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, like that's the big gift you get underneath the tree at the end of the year, you're like, Wow, this is you were really good this year. Here's the mm-hmm. division. Um, if the Browns or the Bengals win the division, I'll be like, "You did okay." Here's like the you know the middle of the road gift you kind of wanted. Mm-hmm. The Steelers win the division, we're like, "You were a shit person this year." You got All coal. you get is a lump of coal. Yikes! That is that is the definition there. That is, that is a bad. Feeling. I am.
1: I'm really hoping I don't get a lump of coal at this point. All right, next one I got for you: the Packers should rest Aaron Rodgers.
0: Are we talking about, like, this week or just, like, week 16, 17? So
1: he, there is talks that he's got the the broken toe. The COVID toe, yes. And he could have surgery on it and potentially play in the same week. They're assuming he's going to have to miss at least one game. Um, I mean, ideally, he could play through it. He could either play through it. Not be 100% healthy. The surgery would be on his hand, by the way. I feel like I need to clarify that.
0: Uh, yeah, that's. I'm glad you did because I'm very confused. I thought we were talking about his toe here. Yeah, no. I know his toe is broken. <laughs> so we're doing surgery on his toe and it makes his hand... Or, uh, surgery on his hand and his toe feels better?
1: Well, no. he has not, a hand injury to stack with it? He has a hand injury as well. I did not know that. I believe. Let me let me double check that. Now you've got me questioning myself. Sorry, hmm. I don't do this for <clears> Well... Oh no! It is it is surgery on his toe. Okay,
0: so there's a chance he could play that week, but if anything, he probably miss a game.
1: But so, a cha- so they're saying he could have surgery on Monday and potentially be ready to play by Friday, Saturday. So there, is
0: there a chance that he would aggravate it and then just like
1: be done for the year? So, the, from my understanding, is it's a broken toe, so not really. There's not much. It's not going to get much worse, if anything. Um, the the question is is would you rather rest him for the rest of the year and have him they think he'd be a hundred percent if they if he didn't play at all the rest of the season. There's talks that would you rather have arrested Aaron Rodgers and be like the fourth seed in the NFC but be a hundred percent going into the playoffs or try to fight for that one seed and not have hundred percent of Aaron Rodgers. Like, what's
0: the what's their record at this point?
1: Not the I record.
0: I've looked at their four schedule. They're
1: they've got three less. They're also they're, ten and three. They're ten and three. They currently are the one seed right now.
0: So if I'm I'm not pumping the brakes. I do think they should rest them. I don't think they should rest them all four games. They have Baltimore and they have Cleveland, mm-hmm. but then they end the year with Minnesota, who's been sliding in Detroit. Right. So, so you think you rest them the last two games? I, I
1: think I think you finish
0: the game against Cleveland. Monday morning you wake up, you go to surgery. You sit out against the Vikings. You sit out against the Lions. And I think even with that, you have a chance to – because, I mean, Jordan Love kept it within six points in Kansas City. Are you telling me he can't go beat Detroit or he well, possibly can't Well, that's the go... thing
1: I don't understand. Even this week, I, I know it's it came out that he's pushed it off another week, so he's going to play this week. Damn But it. I I was about to say, I think Jordan Love is going to go out and beat uh, – what's, what's the backup quarterback's name in Baltimore? Uh, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. I would take – I would take – Jordan Love over Tyler Huntley right now. I don't know, man. Tyler Huntley looked pretty fucking good down the stretch. I don't know, maybe not.
0: There was Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney literally went to the podium and was like, "There was certain times where we were chasing him around and he felt like he was faster than Lamar, which Lamar. he doesn't fucking know." First of all, he's not. Second of all, I don't think it looks like it. I'm not out there running around with him.
1: I I bet you what it felt like is because he came in in the second half, right? He came in the second quarter, I think. Second quarter. So you're already a little tired at that point, and he's coming on fresh legs. Dude mm-hmm. hasn't played I was like, all season. I was like, let alone today. He, he hasn't played in
0: a couple of weeks. He yeah. hasn't played since Chicago. Since weeks Chicago, today.
1: yeah. So this guy's not, like, had the whole season wear and tear on his body, and he's coming in fresh to a game. Yeah, his, his legs should have been pretty green there. But, yeah, Green Bay has a legit shot at the one seed. But, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think you played Jordan Love your last two games – yeah. And kind of hope for the best. And if you lose home field advantage, I would rather have hundred percent healthy Aaron Rodgers going into the postseason.
0: Yeah, and I think so. I think if you rest all four, you have hundred percent healthy Aaron Rodgers. If you if you play them all, four, and you probably get the one seed. Honestly, at that point, mm-hmm. you got one seed, but not a healthy Aaron Rodgers. You play you you play you sit them all four. You have healthy. No home field advantage. I think you play two, you sit two. probably have like a 95%, and you really still have a solid 50% chance at home field advantage at that point.
1: And, and the other crazy thought is, is do you put him in maybe at the beginning of the Minnesota game? Maybe they get a big lead at halftime. You pull him. Pull him. You don't play him in Detroit. You get your buy. If you're still the 1C, you get your buy round. So maybe he gets like three or four weeks there to mm-hmm. kind of sit and rest and be in better shape. What I will
0: say is... As far as the NFC goes, if he played for literally any other team in the NFC outside of the Packers, I'd shut him down for the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. This is Tom Brady. Shut him down. Right. Dak, down. Literally every single team in the NFC, maybe the Bears have would have, like, some type of advantage as well being up north. But other than that, like, there's a lot of dome teams and there's a lot of, you know, southern teams. Right. There's not a, like, Philly maybe would be another team that i'd be okay with like trying to fight for the one seed just for the weather and obviously philly fans are insane insane. okay but just being able to force a team to come to green bay and play it's a different play
1: style man it is i mean it's the same thing as trying to force somebody force the road through foxborough here's here's the hard part i have somewhat in my mind with this argument is they couldn't beat tom brady in lambo last year and Tom Brady and Tampa Bay are the ones sniffing on your heels of, you know, taking that one seed. Because right now, it's a three-way tie, technically. But Green Bay holds the tiebreaker because of their conference record. Tampa Bay is at two because they hold strength of schedule tiebreaker over Arizona. Huh. So, you've got three teams that are tied at the top. So, I mean, I, I it's hard to say just shut it down right now. But, yeah, I think home field advantage in Green Bay is another level for sure. It is
0: just the only one in the NFC that really sticks out in my opinion. Yeah. Amongst the contenders at least. I agree. All
1: right, next one. The Raiders should just blow it up. Man. So when I say blow it up, I mean trade everyone away. Derek Carr, keep Max Crosby, you know what I mean, but whoever you can get assets for, just blow it up and try to start it all over again.
0: I think I'd give it another year. Save I definitely don't year. think they're they're far off. Because if you can get, this team isn't that bad. I really don't think they're, they're kind they're of not. a middle like, of the road team. They're a middle of the road team, which if you get a good head coach in the door, now again you're trusting that front office to make the right decision. I don't know if it's possible that they can, and yeah, they're definitely a piece or two away roster wise. But like, I don't know. They drafted, like, I'm I, trying to think.
1: I I think here's here's the main problem I have or I see with this is. If if they hire a new GM, so this will be the third GM with the roster. Are they going to fire Mayock? They're potentially. Are they talking about that? Is that a thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. I it's, gotta give Mayock another year.
1: It's I I would say he's in warm water. I think he was. Isn't it so weird how I flipped on him like that? Yeah, he <laughs> I was did. calling for his job. I know. a month ago, and then I think we had one conversation. I I read
0: one article online that was like Gruden made all the rosters. I was like, well. Okay, maybe gave Mayock a shot.
1: <laughs> so here's the thing, yeah, and well, and I think I think we talked about it, and then in the article kind of confirmed that Gruden took like the first two guys in the draft, and then it yeah. was Mayock from there, and they hit a lot of those like the late yeah. round picks. They were
0: destroying. Yeah, so I was like, Max Crosby was a fourth round pick, but they took Clinton and Farrell in the first. Who's the top? Not a top level, but like who's a better edge rusher right now?
1: I think if you're if you keep I think if you keep Mayock, I think you ch- just try to bring in another coach and win. If you get rid of Mayock, this will be the third general manager with the roster the way it's constructed. At some point, you have to go. Okay, this hasn't worked for the last two people. We have to try something different.
0: I think under no circumstances should Mike Mayock lose his job within the next 365 days. Hmm, that's I crazy. I think for I've I've seen enough out of Mayock on the late round draft picks to be like, all right. Give him a shot. I'm like, I, I just, and also I'm kicking myself because there was a year I had three first round picks and I let John Gruden make the decisions. Yeah. And look where we are,
1: you know. That was a, that was a rough year for them. Too. So,
0: I, And I think, like, I'm, I'm being 100% serious that Mayock found a better defensive end in the fourth round than Gruden found at pick fucking four.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: I am willing to give Mayock, so like, I'd be okay with blowing the roster up. But I'm not okay with giving Mayock up at this point. All right. All so right. so I think you give it another year, but they could definitely probably get quite a bit back. But at the same time I feel like they're also a piece or two away. Yeah. But the issue is one of those pieces of the coach, and that's by far and away the hardest, hardest thing. Hardest to find somebody. Hardest
1: hardest spot to fill. This is a spot that I love uh, Doug Peterson in. Yeah. This feels like a roster that he could step into, help, you know, help elevate that defense a little bit, get them a little bit more consistent. Um I I like Doug Peterson. I'm for excited this job. to see
0: him back in the league.
1: That he could be a really this could be a great fit for him. The OBJ signing has already paid off for this year. Um what like he's had 3 touchdowns through 3 games at this point.
0: Yeah, it's 3 touchdowns through 3 games. Um it's hard to say that's paid off. You know, I'll I'll, I'll say it is. I'm not going to pump the brakes. I'll say it has paid off.
1: I think that's all you need out of him is what you've gotten already.
0: Um, I'd say like as and if this was the only win now move, I'd be like, no, you have to wait till you win a Super Bowl. But obviously, the Matt Stafford trade, even the Jalen Ramsey trade,
1: and they're not paying the, him anything, and it's such a it's a one year contract. So yeah,
0: the by far and away, I think he's paid his dues. and I think he's earned himself an extension. Yeah,
1: I'd say he yeah, okay. off. I
0: forgot that they didn't have to trade for him at all.
1: Yeah, they gave up nothing for him. They, they just, just signed him. Signed him. Yep. Okay. The Julio Jones trade was the biggest bust of the offseason.
0: Do you have a list of other contenders by chance? Because that's by far know. and away the, the I Honestly, so.
1: I was trying to think. I was like, oh, man, what was a big signing a team?
0: They only gave up a second-round pick for him, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they did. But they got to pay him all that money. That's ah, the, that's that's the big thing. Yeah, because they have to extend him, don't they? Yeah, I think he. I think he's got this year, and then he might be a free agent at the end of the year. I. I think. I mean, the money that you paid him this year and giving up that draft pick for him.
0: As of right now, hundred and ten percent. I think there's chance. There's a chance that maybe, like, if he was playing thirteen games and just hasn't been producing, mm-hmm. maybe. But he's been off the field here and there he's already trying to learn a new offense on top of being banged up. So I'm sure it hasn't been an easy transition for him. I'm willing to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, you have to look at like injuries are part of the game. Like yeah. that was that was the main concern was like I don't want to give up a first round pick for
1: an injury guy, an
0: injury-laden receiver despite this being the first injury he's had in his
1: career. The only other big like moves in the offseason that I would even consider would be Carson Wentz to the Colts. Which honestly, if they make the playoffs, I don't think it. I don't think you could call it a bust. A first, a single first round pick for a quarterback that puts you in the playoffs. You'll take every team will take that. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. And there was one more, Sam Darnold. But the problem is, is Carolina gave up nothing in that trade. They had to
0: pay him. They're they they are going to pay him like eighteen million dollars this year though. Yeah, they
1: picked up his fifth year option too, so they're going to pay him next year too, which is going to suck for them. But. I, I mean, you really didn't cost you much to get it, so that was kind of a low-risk, yeah. high-reward you know high reward situation that's going to be a, end up being a low-reward. But, yeah, giving up a second for Julio Jones this year has been rather disappointing. And, honestly, the way Ryan Tannehill has played... I think could, if the
0: Rams don't win a ring, you could make an argument for Stafford. that Stafford would be up there. Because, again, we're talking about the Rams have been making win-now moves, and they just gave up three first-rounders to go get this guy. There is... What hole is there to fill on this roster? You have a good head coach. You have, have a good receiving core. The offensive line is yeah. there, but it's aging. We have the first ever forty-year-old left tackle in the, the league, and Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, you have the best defensive tackle in football. You have the best corner in football. Like there is little more that you can add to that roster to make it good. So that one would be up there. But as of right now, it's hundred percent Julio Jones.
1: That's that's a fair. That's a fair point. All right, let's jump into our previews for Week Fifteen. We're um, we gonna kind of be quick. We're we're on a good pace to finish, but we just can't get too hung up on this if we want to talk about the NBA. Um, Chargers Chiefs. I think this this game is is obviously star this highlight it. Yeah, game of the week right here. Um, I've got the Chargers making a statement win here. I think Ooh. I think this is one that they pull out and win. Whoever wins, it's going to be a statement win. But I, I like the Chargers in this game. I might be wrong there, but I'm going Chargers. You remember the the, the Bengals-Chargers game from
0: like two, three weeks ago where it was like, mm-hmm. it was like a one-touchdown game, but then in the last three minutes, all of a sudden it was like 41-28? Yeah. This is, I feel like this is going to be the same way. I'm going to lean with you, honestly. So mm-hmm. that means the Chiefs are going to win um, since we both picked the Chargers. Uh-huh. But yeah. I, I picked Justin Herbert for a reason. This is the chance. Here you go. Chiefs defense, Legion of Boom, Daniel Sorensen.
1: Give me something. Cam Chan- Daniel Sorensen, Cam Chancellor, same level. Yeah. That's why we're talking 100%. about
0: 100%. Move him to middle linebacker. Just do it already. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's definitely, this is by far and away the game of the week. It is in LA, which I think is a lot better for the Chargers going mm-hmm. forward. Not playing an Arrowhead is a huge plus for you. Um, even if your fan base is non existent. You're not an arrowhead. That's a win. So, um, I, I'm going to take the Chargers in this one as well. I think this is this is a team that I think is ready to make a statement, and I think this is the week they do it.
1: Next game I got is Raiders versus Browns, and this sounds crazy, right? Deep. To be like, why would this game matter?
0: Slugfest.
1: The 12th seed Raiders versus the 8th seed. The crazy part is the Raiders are also one game out of the playoffs right now. Wow. The 13 seed in the AFC is one game out of the playoffs. That's Dolphins insane. six and seven, Raiders six and seven. Like you have a lot of teams that are a single, a two, you know, a couple of plays going one way or another to be in a playoff team right now. Since yeah. he, I mean, Raiders got to keep their playoff hopes alive. They can't lose. Cleveland is still not in the playoffs. This is one of those. Are they teams, the eighth
0: seed at seven and six right now? Yeah, right? they're the eighth seed. If if it's so nuts that if they just stave off a of Patrick Mahomes comeback in week one, or if they can beat the Ravens two weeks ago, that they are in the playoffs
1: right now. They're a playoff team right now, which yeah. is yeah, it's crazy to say, but there there's a lot of teams. I mean this the sixth seed right now is seven and six. So from there down, I mean even even the fifth seed, the Chargers are only eight and five. Yeah, two games out for most of these teams. So, um, are the Chiefs also eight and five. Chiefs are nine and four. Nine and four. <sighs> so I think I think if the Chargers win this game, I think they would then hold the tiebreaker potentially. Well, the the
0: Chiefs beat them earlier on this year, so it would come down to something else at that. It point. would
1: come down to a conference record, and it would give the Chargers a six and four conference record, and it would give the Chiefs a and a uh, four and five conference record so the Chargers would take Chargers it. would hold it I believe yeah
0: which so this is, this is definitely that's a huge game the Raiders and the Browns a slugfest central this is going to be an ugly game um
1: for I'm, I'm going Browns I don't I've just lost so much confidence in the Raiders the last two weeks and the Browns have I mean the, the Browns have not been giving me confidence but I like the Browns this game
0: I think I think the Browns if each team makes the right play calls on offense, I think the Bronze are more suited. Just take the air out of the ball. Yeah. Just run the effing ball, man. I get Kareem Hunts banged up. I get Nick Chubbsman banged up. He should be back this week. Dearness Johnson is still there. Run the effing ball, man. Yeah. As much as we like to, you know, Baker Mayfield this, Baker Mayfield that, just take the ball out of his hands. Yeah. Just pull Kyle Shanahan. Just fucking run the ball. Don't let him don't let him lose you the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, it's not that hard. Just don't lose the game. Don't give him the option. Yeah. <laughs> Make him throw 10 times. We'll see what happens.
1: So, who are you taking?
0: Um, uh, I'm going to also go with the Browns. Okay. I think Miles um, Garrett and Jadavian Clowney are going to be happy to not have to chase an athletic quarterback around. I think they're going to get in Derek Carr's head quite a bit.
1: Okay. Next game I got is Pats Colts. Obviously, a lot on the line for both of these teams right now. Patriots are trying to hold on to the one seat in the AFC. Colts are still, they're in the playoffs too, so they're trying to hold on to that that seven seed right now. I've got the Patriots in this game. A couple of reasons. Colts do one thing really well, and it's run the football. Bill Belichick loves to take away what you do well and just rip it out of your hands, so they probably won't be able to run the ball that well. And Carson Wentz is also a quarterback who is mistake-prone, and when that happens, that normally goes in Bill Belichick's favor.
0: Not even mistake prone is accurate, but I think the biggest thing is is that when the opportunity to make a big play is there, he is gonna he is the the gunslinger. Mm-hmm. He plays like Brett Favre. Well, if I throw this touchdown pass, I'm gonna be the hero of the week. Right. Little do you know that touchdown pass is into triple coverage against J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones. Yeah. And you're throwing it to God knows which white receiver is out there trying to catch the ball for you. So. I'm also going to go with the Pats because I th- I see similar things. It's more about Bill Belichick taking the run away from you, whereas for the Colts, I think they just stop the run well, usually naturally, Darius Leonard in the box. Uh, DeForest Buckner is an absolute animal on the inside of the line. So if both teams, both defenses are able to take away the run and I'm betting on a quarterback to win me the game, uh, I'll, like... I'm I'd, not betting on which quarterbacks gonna win me the game. I'm betting on me which quarterback is not, not gonna lose, lose me
1: the game, the game. And, and I'll take Mac Jones in that. All yeah, the
0: way. I'm usually gonna take Mac Jones over most guys, and I would take most guys over Carson Wentz. So it's a pretty easy pick to take Mac Jones. There.
1: I'm not a big gambling guy. The over under line on this game is 45 and a half. That, I am
0: slamming the under. Yeah, that feels like an I, under am, game. I am. I am. Where, Where's it at? Is it in Indy or is it in New England?
1: Uh it's in Lucas Oil, so it's okay. In, it's in still. Yeah, I'm. If it was, Colts are only two and a half dogs in the game. I would slam the
0: under, and
1: Patriots got to win by a field goal. Like that is that is that is quite literally a pick'em game. Yeah, at would, that point, I would take the Pats money line at that point. No, I mean no, take the Pats yeah. against the spread. Yeah. Yeah, I You'll would. make more money that way, at that's least. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We said this wouldn't turn into a gambling podcast. But as you can see, I'm not as well versed yeah. as gambling either. But I
0: know enough to hammer the fucking under. I hammer under. the under
1: in that game. Yeah. yeah. If that game hits the over, I'll be shocked. But Packers versus Ravens, uh, this game was a lot more interesting when Lamar Jackson was going to play.
0: He is, it's not 100% either way. Oh, it's not. They are still stuff. deciding what to do um, obviously it's a much more interesting game if he is playing versus yes. not what's the over
1: under on this I'm curious on the oh God what am I doing here on the Ravens game for for this game it's obviously I don't know man it's not gonna be fun to watch for is being a Ravens fan there's Saturday games this week the Patriots play on Saturday that's weird because college football is over. Mm. I forget that they do this now. Where Why can't I find this? I'm
0: taking the Packers regardless.
1: 43.5 is over under on that. And then the line is Green Bay minus 5.5. 5. That's tough. Oh, wait. I'm an idiot. They hmm. have the Colts minus 2.5, not plus 2.5. I read that wrong. Wow. So they have the Colts favored to win right
0: now. I am taking the Patriots' money line all day. No. Pay, take the Patriots' Against the spread. Do you want to take the spread there still? See, I'm not...
1: So the Patriots would get two and a half points.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm taking the spread. But you would make more money if you picked Patriots' money line. But it's a lot points.
0: riskier, obviously. It's a lot
1: riskier. You don't get the two and a half points. You would make more money in that case, since
0: yeah, I I feel confident enough to take the slam the under and the Patriots money line, line. Game. That's good. Good thing you're not a betting man. Because yeah, no, I would lose so much money. It's not even.
1: Yeah, Over- I'm the,
0: I'm the guy to like lose three hundred dollars and then win twenty and be like, yeah, twenty dollars, twenty bucks, yeah, yeah that's me. That's I, why I try to stay away.
1: I from used it. to be really into sports betting. I've kind of like backed off of it quite did a bit. Did you actually like
0: do it or did you like talk yeah, about it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it I
1: it. did it. Well, that first year it was kind of crazy and everyone could get an overseas account and just bet on them. Yeah. I was kind of doing it a lot. And that was also the season I, I I liked it, but it just was like too stressful for me. So I, I have just got such out of
0: it. I have such an addictive personality. So yeah. I've had to stay away from it.
1: Well, so the nice part was is like I would only put in 20 bucks a week. And then Smart. whatever I walked away with, it didn't matter. I took it out and then next week I only put in 20 bucks. That's so bad. So if I won 40 bucks, it's not like the next week I was betting with 40 bucks. 40 bucks. You're yeah. just
0: betting with 20 and you pocketed lunch. Yeah. You pocketed lunch money from that. And
1: I didn't so. want to be one of those nerds that does like parlays and all that shit. So yeah. that's too I'm, much for
0: I'm I'm taking the Packers in this game. Um It's sad that I'm You said it was like 41, right? 41. 43 and a half. And a half. Is, I'm close to taking the over just because I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to poop on our
1: secondary. You think so?
0: This is a game where I could see someone taking the over and they would lose because Aaron Rodgers is going to get pulled in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like it, 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 there's chance of it that it's thirty to ten or this, something. The
0: second I just talked about how banged up Baltimore secondary is. Devonte Adams is the best receiver in the league. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is top three quarterback. The offensive line's there. The pass rush is better. Zedarius Smith is going to eat whoever plays a quarterback this week. Is going to get destroyed.
1: Yeah, it's not, not going to be an easy matchup. I think it's sure.
0: Zedarius Smith's first game back in Baltimore since leaving. So, which a lot of people don't know that he played in Baltimore. He's a sixth round pick for Baltimore before he became a Pro Bowl edge rusher in Green Bay. But I'm taking the Packers in that game. All right, Lamar Jackson or not.
1: Let's move on to the NBA. Bring it on. We've got 22 minutes to talk about the NBA. so and we're spending 20 minutes of it talking about Steph Curry. Um, I don't know if we're going to spend 20 minutes. Bing bong. Um, we're in New York. He passes. Uh, he's the now the all-time leading three-point shooter. No better place to do it, right? I know. It was a magical moment Madison Square Garden. I'm happy for him. The fans were electric about it, which doesn't surprise me. I still think New York City's the best basketball city in the entire world.
0: It's the second best place he could have done it. Obviously, being at home, home would be
1: would yeah a little bit it, more yeah. meaningful for him. But yeah, and Madison Square Garden is no better same. away arena. Yeah, so happy for him. He's undoubtedly the best shooter of all time. Now, without question, anyone who argues it is an idiot. I, I think it's that simple.
0: The only argument I think you are willing to have at this <laughs> point is like. I don't like to talk about this until people are retired. I guess yeah. you can fine. I think you're just taking a really roundabout way of waiting another 10 years to say it, but
1: Yeah. No, he he's the best shooter of all time. Uh, and there's not even it's not it's, even really close. It's been that way for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: Do you think Clay Thompson surpasses Ray Allen at some point in his career as well? Oh,
1: that's tough. I don't think so. Really, I have no idea where they're at. I'm just curious. I don't. I don't think so. I got, I'd have to look to remember exactly where Clay Thompson is. I'd
0: like to see where he's at because I feel like he could, but I. I also like he really could be that far off, but he also could be close. I have no idea.
1: Let's see here. Oh, well, this list is not up to date on the MP amb- Oh no, it is. Is it? Yeah, they just. They, I when I clicked on it, the preview wasn't updated, but it is up to date.
0: <laughs> preview is like Reggie Miller stole holds it. Ray Allen hasn't broken it yet.
1: Clay Thompson is twenty first on the list right now.
0: Uh, ballpark, how many threes behind Ray Allen is he at this point?
1: Like, uh, oh wait a minute, hang on, I might not have this list sorted right. Oh no, I do. Um, Clay Thompson is currently at. Four thousand forty three hundred we'll round up. Um and Ray Allen. Oh shit, I'm looking at attempts. Motherfucker. I was
0: like, there's no F and way. Yeah, the no, 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 no. I'm like an idiot. I'm an idiot. Okay. Twenty nine hundred. Ray Allen is at twenty nine thirty seven? 937?
1: twenty nine seventy three. Yep. Seventy three. And Clay Thompson is at seventeen ninety four. Yeah. So he'd have to make another 1,200 in his career to catch him. Probably not. That would be – I think that
0: would be real hard. If he didn't play with Steph, Maybe. I think there's a – Like, the issue is, is, like, there was a they, – They posted a stat last night during the game as well. Um, like, who assisted the most Curry 3s in mm-hmm. their career. And, like, Draymond was one, obviously, mm-hmm. like 450. Uh, Iguodala was second. Kevin Durant was third at like 150, which his I think his tweet was probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. They posted that stat online or that the quote, you know, the picture of the graphic. And he, quote, retweeted and it was like, send me a rolly." <laughs> I, <was like, laughs> I, I was like, okay, I see it. And then, like, uh, Clay fair. Clay was underneath Kevin. And it was like 100, 110 assists well,
1: I, yeah, to I Curry 3s. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, Draymond, one, being the main rebounder on the team and then kicking it out to Steph makes sense. It's just a
0: general. He's a, he's a good playmaker.
1: I would say Clay Thompson has the ball in his hands the least out of everyone. Well, maybe he probably has the ball in his hands more than Draymond. But I would – no,
0: in, in – Having the ball in your hands regardless of the situation, I'd say he probably does have the least out of
1: those three. Out of those three.
0: You've got to remember, this is a guy that scored 60 points while dribbling the ball 11 times in a single game.
1: Right. And Absolutely Clay is Yeah, I was about to say, Clay is more of a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. the
0: catch-and-shoot guy.
1: So he is not somebody who's going to great plays. Yeah, there's very
0: rarely a time where he gets the ball and the possession doesn't end there.
1: Right, yes, yeah. yeah. So, no, I don't think... This list is always so interesting to me every time I look at it and I always forget how interesting it is. Who
0: is the most surprising name to you in between Clay Thompson and Ray Allen? You,
1: uh, or just what's the
0: surprising name because I feel like you had one before I put it. I quote did. On Vince
1: Carter at 6. At 6? Yeah. You're telling me that what how many how many is there between Clay and him? Vince Carter's at 2300. Good lord! So I, I mean, I think so. I, I think based off of that, I think Clay sneaks his way into the top ten. But, he has to, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, to pass Vince Carter would put him at six. That's got to be.
0: That is like when you do like fantasy or like sport true or false questions in that, twenty years from now. That's the one that stumps everybody. Like Vince, Vince a Carter. Vince Carter Vince Carter has more career three pointers made than Clay Thompson.
1: I mean, just no one's. The me, only person that is biting that is the guy that's waiting for the trick question. Let me read you this top ten. Let me just read you how wild this top ten is. So Steph Curry at one. Yep. Ray Allen at two. Reggie Miller at three. Yeah. James Harden at four. No surprise. Wow. Four already. Jesus. Kyle Cover is at five. Who yep. we talked about last episode in our role player. Yeah. Vince Carter at six. Jason Terry is at seven. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Jamal Crawford at eight. Jamal Crawford's at eight? Yeah. The the Truth, Paul Pierce at nine. Jay Crossover, man. And Damian Lillard at ten. D. Lillard's already at ten, Yeah. Too. Holy shit.
0: As you can see by that list, a majority, the guys that make this list are not the catch-and-shooters. Outside of Corver, obviously, who played for years. Yeah. And
1: Pierce was kind of a catch-and-shoot guy. It was. Not. It's the
0: guys that create their own shots or point guards. That's Jay- what that list is.
1: Jason Kidd. So then, let me let Some me. Some of just, these guys get here by longevity alone. Yeah, <laughs> like, Jason Kidd played forever.
0: Terry Kidd and Corver is like long. Oh, well,
1: Corver obviously was a strap. But. So crazy. So okay, hang on. Let me read. The, let me just round out the top fifteen. LeBron James is eleven. Jason Kidd is twelve. Dirk Nowinski is thirteen. Joe Johnson's fourteen. JJ Redick's fifteen. You notice how there's not a single player
0: that outside of Reggie Miller. Is there a player that played in the '90s on that list? I mean, Vince like Carter played. Not counting, like I'm not talking about a guy that got drafted <laughs> in
1: '96. Even uh, did Jamal Crawford play in the '90s? I don't think he did. Probably I mean, not. No, no, I, no. There's not. It's all modern That's players. insanity, man. But so think about this: is the Mavericks team that won the finals had three top 15 three point shooters of all time on that list? Which is crazy. I had teams
0: a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for.
1: Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, and Dirk Nowinski were all on that team. Yep.
0: And then they had the best shooting form of all time, and Sean Marion on the team, too. I shoot like Sean Marion. If you ever want to picture what you chicken wing I, it? Is that yeah, what you do? I have no... I have the shot form of a 12-year-old. I was that kid as a... Like, I was the young kid that liked to shoot threes all the time. Mm-hmm. Where like, it's just... It's all the right arm. And, like, uh-huh. it's actually, like, they use both hands, and they push with their left thumb, too. Oh, uh, okay. So you're just, like, underneath it, you're just, like, hucking it. As an eight-year-old, the issue is, is I never played organized basketball after that, so I still have that shot form
1: all the way until all the way through modified. I did the Jason Kidd free throw routine, where he like mm. taps his butt, blows a kiss, and then shoots it. Yeah, I did that all the way through, mind you. My dad loves to talk about this stat because he was like he he was like you are the worst free throw shooter I've ever seen in a modified <laughs> game, and this isn't a lie either. Because I was tall, so I kind of played, like, the five. Oh, yeah. And in a modified game, I threw the ball over the backboard unironically. <laughs> like, not on purpose. <laughs> I've There's a video.
0: You know, like, when you do, like, halftime
1: contests yeah, or anything? Yeah.
0: Here, since we're embarrassing ourselves, I'll do it. Because somebody sent me a video of it the other day. It's on their memories. It happened, like, four year five years ago today. I think it was, like, on Wednesday or something. Um uh, they sent me the video, and it's like you do the halftime contest. You shoot a layup, free throw, three pointer, half quarter. Half quarter, yeah. And um, there's. I definitely missed the layup, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, I overthought it, just shorted it off the right side of the rim. And then I airballed the free throw, which mm-hmm. is real painful. Like a solid two feet in front of the rim, mm-hmm. airballed it. Missed the three, missed the half court, obviously. I think the half court was the closest shot I had, which I wasn't surprised by. I've always been a half court specialist. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the guy that makes when you like you watch somebody shoot and you're like, "What the fuck was that?" Right. Those are the shots that I make.
1: I don't mean this in a mean way. I feel like you'd be awful at pickup basketball. Right? Oh, I am. Okay, I am Dennis Rodman. You're I will
0: throw myself to a brick wall, but God, I have no skill. Even
1: even hands. now, when I play pickup ball, at least I'm a utility guy, so I can like set screens and I understand the game of basketball. I can well set enough. screens
0: pretty decently. Mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the guy that plays with Steph. I'm the Draymond Green to Stephen Curry if okay. I had to pick. The guy, like, and also, like, did you ever watch the Dude Perfect, like, stereotype videos mm-hmm. at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pickup Basketball. I am the... I love Dude Perfect. That's a whole
1: other conversation.
0: The, the Mr. Misses All Game but hits the game winner. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Misses
1: All Game but yeah. nails the three-pointer to oh, win. 0 for 13,
0: and they're like, that's shot we want. Yeah. And they're like, I
1: never miss. Yeah. I never miss. Yeah.
0: The second I saw that video, anytime I had a chance to shoot a game winner. And I'm also, like, the, the guy that's, like, I'm good enough to play to a certain extent. But I'm also the guy that, like, if we're just fucking around playing one game, that, like, my teammates will force the ball to me for the game winner, and they will not let the game end until I hit the hit shot. Hit the to shot. The game. Yeah. So we'll play we'll play for, like, an extra 40 effing minutes because I can't hit a goddamn three-pointer.
1: <laughs> I think last time I played, like, I went home to New York, and, like, the last time I played with people I knew and, like, took it, like, really seriously, mm-hmm. like, one, some of the guys that I grew up with, are, are by no means like nba level players yeah but they're like legit like a couple of the guys i went to high school with were legit high school basketball players like yeah. guys that you were like damn they like, go to college um, at all and play no i don't think any of them i a couple of kids on the high school team went to from mine i think went and played like you know d2, d2 ball or J- whatever
0: junior college junior. but like
1: one of my buddies uh and i know i didn't listen to this podcast the kid could just cash any shot he ever wanted to shoot
0: that's my buddy my buddy jake is like that so like anytime we play twos that's because he's getting he'll score and i do everything else
1: he he's annoying to play with because he's so good that like you can put like he'll be on a team and you can give him pretty much all the worst guys but no one can guard him because he's like just that one tier above everyone. That doesn't matter who his team is. His team's probably winning. The
0: next time you talk to Shay, ask him what playing Jake was like. Playing basketball with Jake's like he mm-hmm. fucking hates it because he's so good, he's yes, just Jake is that. Like Jake was so good. Like he first of all, he would always pick me. Like, I was always like second or third pick, mm-hmm. which he would make sure to go get a good teammate. And he's like, All right. Um, now I'm now going
1: to meme. I'm going to joke around. Yeah.
0: Well, he knew that I was going to, he was like, he knew that he wasn't giving up touches. Right. Like, I was the day that was like, That guy's going to go get 20 boards, take four shots, and right. be perfectly happy. Okay. Yeah. That's, I respect that. And he knew that I was going to do everything I could to get him open. Like, we mm-hmm. had a, we had a, Like, you know, you check the ball in, you got to pass it in. We had a pass-in play where he would just kick it to me at the wing, and then, like, I would just scoop it back to him instead of pick, and he would just go ridiculously deep and just cash it every Mm -hmm. time. Everybody hates that play. I can't tell you how many times I got pushed over because somebody was so pissed we kept running it.
1: My one buddy, Sean, who I know listens, I think it's a waste that he didn't play high school basketball because I feel like he's good enough to have played. Mm. He didn't track because he's a nerd, but... He's one of those people that it's like I wish I wonder what he would be if he had played high school basketball because he's pretty he's a legit pickup player like Mm. because he's one of the legit
0: pickup players but he never actually played high school basketball he never
1: played high school basketball Jake
0: was never mind I'll talk to you about that after the show okay all
1: right next one I got we we have killed all of our time here we are we are tight ship here we got nine minutes to kind of run through what we got is what it is are the Nets better without Kyrie.
0: If this was a pump-the-break segment, Mm -hmm. I would say no, just because I have no effing idea what the big three looks like together at this point.
1: They didn't play enough games. I think they
0: played 11 games with all three of them on the court before. Total.
1: They're playing so well right now, just the two of them. And it's going to be hard to sustain this because, I mean, Katie's playing crazy minutes. James Harden's playing a ton of minutes. They're having to rest these guys. But... It's hard to look at this team and go, man. They might come out of the East. Like they really might.
0: Yeah. There's also there's talks of them possibly trading Kyrie now. There's I've, been I've heard
1: those. Yeah. Murmurs
0: here and there. There's been also at the same time unrelated reports of like Russell Westbrook might be being traded at some point.
1: I heard those too. Of course, yeah.
0: everyone was like, "Flip him. Kyrie goes back to play with LeBron. We get the OKC Big Three in New York. They're like, win, win. No, that would be that'd be oh my."
1: That would be the most neutral trade. One, I don't think Kyrie wants to play LeBron. No, there's a
0: reason he, he left.
1: I think the next topic. I mean, let's just combine these two. Where does Ben Simmons land? I think those two together, flipping those two, makes perfect sense. Kyrie for
0: Ben Simmons, hundred ten percent. Yeah.
1: So for for Brooklyn, what would you you want? A guy who's not going to require a ton of touches. Ben Simmons, you know what I mean, can totally play a three or four, be a defensive guy, get a couple post buckets, rebound like crazy. Can bring the ball
0: up if needed. If Doesn't needed. Doesn't have to be. Yeah,
1: and and it could be a guy that maybe he leads the bench charge. You know what I mean? He stays in a little bit later, plays more in the first half than he does in the second half. And he's gonna shut somebody down. Yeah. So if I'm playing, he will take
0: a first option away.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if I if I'm looking at if I'm the Nets and, and you can remotely pull that off somehow, I do it in a heartbeat. I think that's the perfect situation. And for Kyrie, you go to Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, who is a really, really solid player. And your biggest threat would be, I mean, the team you got traded from. But I think you're a legit team with. You have
0: arguably the best center in the league. Yeah. You have another mini Ben Simmons, and Matisse Thibel, who's just two inches shorter and arguably could. Be a better offensive threat, obviously not playmaking wise, but could be a better offensive threat than Ben Simmons at one point in his career. They have the rotational guys. They have a decent head coach. Like it's, uh, it's definitely not a terrible fit by any stretch. But I feel like a lot of things are going to have to go wrong and right for both teams to be like, all right, because not the divisions matter at all in Mm -hmm. basketball. But those two teams are in the exact same division. It it, it would
1: be tough to make that happen, but. Kyrie's doing nothing for the Nets right now. Simmons is doing nothing. Oh, they're 76ers. both doing
0: something. They're collecting checks. They're, yeah, exactly. That's Which is it. worse than doing nothing.
1: So, for me, I, if you're those two teams, you're going to hit a point where you're like, okay, this is better than what we have. This is better than what's currently happening with these guys. So, I think that's a thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, I
0: think the biggest thing that stops that at this point is Kevin Durant and James Harden.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because if they're not willing to trade Kyrie, then you you can't.
1: Well, and I from Cuz that's
0: the biggest concern right now is keeping those two happy.
1: And there was talks that KD had talked to Kyrie and there's potential that he might come back and then there's rumors, there's rumblings that the Nets might be open to him playing on the on just the road games and maybe playing the home games with the G League. And so that way treating the G League like practice so playing cuz the their G League team plays in Long Island. There's- and it's outside the city limits, so there's no mandate there. Oh, my God. So he could play for the G League, it basically is practice, and then play That's in road games. That's pointless
0: to me. He's going to be – he will put – Kyrie Irving went to the G League and played it 80%. I think he could – he could break Kobe's 81 mark.
1: But the point being is at least it keeps him warm and loose for those away games. He's not going. You also make
0: the argument that he could get hurt there, and it's kind of pointless.
1: But he could also get hurt playing in a home game, but he, he can't play get, in the home games. He could get
0: hurt at practice, too.
1: Yeah. So, like, the point is is at least he's playing in games. The, I think the goal is is to for him to not go a three- or four-game stretch without playing at all would be the theory behind that. But it's all up in the air. That's a, a very,
0: very interesting is the best way to put that, yeah. by far and away.
1: Um, kind of for our last topic before we jump into our NBA question, because I do want to do it. I love doing our NBA question. Um, today, as we're recording, December 15th is the fifth year, I don't want to call it an anniversary, but uh, Craig Sager passed away five an- years ago.
0: Anniversary of the celebration of his life.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, If you don't know who Craig Sager is, get on YouTube and and Google it. Maybe I would say, yeah, no, definitely without a doubt, the best sideline reporter in NBA history, without question. Um, Big, big shoes to fill there for whoever wants to try to gun for that spot. But, yeah, absolutely an electric man. Uh, Him and Greg Popovich were somehow like a wild connection sometimes. Their interviews
0: were great. I still... Like if I had to pick, like overall quality, every time him and Pop talked was great, but great. the one, the interview with Kevin Garnett in the tunnel was sunny.
1: the one where he's like, "Burn this! I want burn you to go suit. home,
0: burn this suit, <laughs> yeah. never wear it again." Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a, that's a great. I, I mean, love I love the time. one where it was like, where he's like, "Oh, your team's only shooting thirty-one percent from the floor. What what do you think's going out there, Pops?" And he's just like, "I think they're looking at your tie." That's my all-time <laughs> favorite. <laughs> <That's up there. laughs> I think you're distracted by your suit. I think they're looking at your suit. They're too busy looking at your suit. That's why they're missing all their shots. I was like, yeah, I love this. Yeah. But absolutely legend. Okay. Question of the day. Change one NBA rule. What rule are you changing? Mm. I know mine. What is it? Okay. I would immediately get rid of the defensive three-second rule. Ooh. So, defender in the paint for three seconds. I yeah. think for a couple of reasons. One, it opens up the ability to play zone on defense. And I think that would be an element in the NBA that we haven't seen before. Two, I think it would also open up the opportunity for big men to make a resurgence in importance. So if I could take a, you know, a Joel Embiid, or I'm trying to think of somebody who I feel like is underutilized.
0: Underutilized <laughs> uh, in the center spot,
1: yeah. Jared Allen, Jared Allen. If I could just take a Jared Allen on defense and say. Stand in the paint and any kind of... would go bear.
0: Yeah. You don't have to get cooked by Steph anymore. Yeah, you don't have
1: have to go play on the perimeter anymore. Stay down there. Get rebounds. Block anyone who tries to drive in. I think it would make the game a little bit more interesting.
0: For a certain... Teams would definitely be able to break it, I think, at a certain point. Certain coaches would figure out how to break it and everything. But it definitely would open up quite a few interesting scenarios that we haven't seen happen at all yet. Would definitely... Um, I think I would have to maybe not eliminate a rule, but implement a taunting rule. Mm-hmm. Um, just absolutely horrible. The things that these guys get away with, you know, just the celebrations are just over the top
1: sometimes. Oh, you're being sarcastic. Complete like,
0: sarc- sarcasm. I was no. like, is this
1: real? I was like, yeah. what is happening? I
0: am the no funly. I am Roger Goodell. Um... Uh, the defensive three-second rules was definitely one that I thought about as well. I'm the guy that, like, when I play 2K, like, outside of my career, if I do, like, a franchise, like, I'll turn goaltending and the defense of three-seconds, and I'll just sit in the paint as a center and just mm-hmm. rack triple-doubles with blocks all the time because I can. Um, so defensive three-seconds, I think... Um, I think... It's not really a rule change, but, like, I think adding... I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question. I'd love to. It wouldn't be like a full-time thing. It would definitely be like mm-hmm. I cuz I've never witnessed it happen on basketball. The rules changed a long time ago. I'd love to see what one year in our league looks like with hand checking allowed. Really? Um
1: I don't see I don't find that one as intriguing. I mean,
0: it's not as intriguing as the defensive 3-second ones, but I'm curious to see what would happen.
1: You want to add elements to the game, not take away elements, if that makes sense, and I feel like hand checking would I mean, and we really don't see there aren't too many guys that are drive and go get a buck. I mean there is, it's just not as back then. Like,
0: I could keep a hand on Steph Curry while he's dribbling. Like mm-hmm. I can keep the hand on the outside yeah, while he's I don't, you know, I don't know what that does. I'm just curious. I'm curious to see what it would do because
1: I feel like that's one of the most overhyped things in basketball. Like people who are stuck in the eighties and nineties are like, That was when basketball was real, when you could put a palm on somebody's back and you're like
0: Yeah, we talked about this on on BDL as well, like um I just like, oh, defense was so much better in the 90s. I was like, yeah, you can keep your hand on somebody the whole time. Like, right. I, I lay a finger on a guy. I'm getting a foul called nowadays. Yeah. Of course defense was easier to play back then.
1: Yeah. The so rules are
0: tailored to it.
1: The only other one that I thought about adding potentially was like change a rule or I guess add a rule there would be making half-court shots. Anything past half-court shot be worth like four points.
0: Yeah, I'd be okay with that too.
1: I think that would just be a fun, weird one where it's like, okay, you're down by three and there's three seconds left. Now somebody has to You don't have tries. a timeout? Okay, well Yeah. You, fine. Got, you got a shot to just hurl one from beyond. I think the only stipulation I'd want for that well, no, actually I take that back. I don't want that stipulation. Was gonna say if you get fouled it's only worth three fouls or three shots, but that would kind of take and then everyone would just follow you when you're shooting just foul you I shoot yeah it. so if you're down by three they just follow you and you have to make all three for a tie still that actually could be still interesting yeah something I think that's I feel like if you shoot it and you get fouled and now you get four free throws is a little little much that's not very entertaining to watch but no but if you
0: still so it puts you in a pressure situation to hit three to go to OT
1: OT that could be fun you know yeah. I think it could just add a different element to the game but
0: yeah yeah I'd agree Fair enough.
1: That's all we got. That's, that's all I got.
0: Do I'm, that's all I got, too. Okay. That's going to do it for this week of the own Show. We will be back next week, a uh, couple days before Christmas, so be ready for that. We will have a dead week the week after, the week of New Year's. New Year's is on a Saturday. We will not have a show that week, but Christmas, don't worry. We'll get you right. You're taking we'll a long there. trip down to the in-laws' house. We got, you, we got you covered on the ride there, I promise. So, until then... Stay safe. Stay healthy. Hopefully you don't live out here in all this crazy Kansas weather. Hopefully California's not on fire next week. Love you guys. Stay safe. We'll see you then. Wham.